Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass?" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome to another roundtable edition of Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, Jim Smallman, and my guests. Uh, before we get into me introducing our guests, quick plugs. Uh, check out everything on the Distraction Pieces Network for it is awesome. Um, uh, I am one of the people who run Progress Wrestling. So progresswrestling.com for tickets and merchandise, including tickets for our shows uh, Alexandra Palace, uh, when we do Super Strong Style 16, uh, the first bank holiday in May. Our Wembley Arena show on September the 30th and our shows in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, over WrestleMania weekend uh, this week, we have announced that uh, Will Ospreay and Volta will be on both of those shows. Um, so do come along to those tickets at progresswrestling.com. You can also watch all of our shows, including our recent unboxing show, which is now up and contains two of the most ridiculous matches in our company's history at demand-progress.com. And please point people at this podcast. That involves going to my website, jimsmorman.com slash tnj. Uh, just basically point people at that. You can buy merch from there as well. I've got a few t-shirts left, not loads now. And to be honest, I, I might not order any more. I don't know. I might. I don't know. Who knows? I've got to, I've got to buy a lawn. Like, I know it's not very rock and roll, but like either I buy some t-shirts to sell or I buy a lawn for my son to play on. And, um, and it, it's those fine lines. Uh, I mean, and again, as discussed previously, obviously I've made millions of pounds from the wrestling industry um, that I've just clearly squandered uh, by... Placing football accumulator bets every Saturday. Um, that's what I've done with all that. <laughs> masses of money I've made from the incredibly well-paid world of professional wrestling. Um, uh, so yeah, jimsmorman.com slash TNJ. Point people at that. It's got all the ways you can download the podcast. And if you already listen to this podcast, please rate and review and subscribe to it wherever you get podcasts from. It helps stuff out. Um, today, we are going to be discussing Wrestle Kingdom 12 in the Tokyo Dome. To give it its full title. Um, I don't know if that's its full title. I just like how it always says, in the Tokyo Dome. Uh, after it. Sad it's not in the Egg Dome, which is a better named dome. Correct. Um, uh, but um, uh, watching the show uh, made me want to go to Japan all the more. I nearly went to this show and then couldn't for various reasons. Because you were buying a lawn. Because I was buying a lawn. Um, not even a real lawn. I want AstroTurf. Because I don't want to have to mow the lawn. And apparently you can hoover AstroTurf. And I really like the idea of going out there with a little cordless Dyson and just, just hoovering some AstroTurf. Because that's... I don't like my neighbours and I want to freak them out. Um, they already don't like me, to be honest. I'm never... They, I think they look at me and presume I'm on benefits because I'm really tattooed and yeah. I never go to work. 
I genuinely because they've all got all my neighbours. I live on quite a nice little street. Yeah, yeah. All my neighbours have got real jobs, and I think they see me just wandering around in shorts and a t-shirt with me tattoos out, with me little son, and they're like, "They're never going to work." <laughs> nope, no, I don't. Um, I'm actually committing wire fraud. Um, I'm not. I'm not. It's not an admission. Anyway, guests. Um, there's three of us today, including myself. Um, Chris Brooker would be here. But he's he's had Aussie flu, I think. Yeah, hasn't he? Which is the um, the rival tag team to Aussie Open, and um, he's had Aussie flu, which, if you believe the Daily Mail, um, means he should be dead now. Yes, he might be. I, I mean, I checked it out; he's not dead. No, oh, um, uh, but get well soon, Chris. Um, I don't know if you listen to these podcasts, but if you are, get well soon because um, he's and he's been very poorly. He's basically mm-hmm. been like bed bound for like four or five days, which. Um, sucks um, but um, get well soon and thank you for not deciding to do this podcast even though you're on the recovery and giving us all Aussie flu and therefore spreading the disease to more Daily Mail readers um, we're not Daily Mail readers but you never know when you might come into contact with one um, I would recommend I do a joke about Daily Mail on stage at the minute which I think you've heard me do yeah. um, which is my favourite Daily Mail headline from recently which they put up for about three hours and then took down which is drinking uh, drinking coffee significantly reduces your chances of death, which is of course impossible because you have a one hundred percent chance of death. You know, no one, no one's drinking coffee. You know, you know when you know when our mutual friend says about you know being funny at comedy because hmm. you give people existential dread in your opening line. I used to do when I was an open spot. Honestly, my five slash ten minute open spots. Was, there was one joke about dogging and then the rest of it was about suicide. Like, I, this is why, when my dad goes, why can't you write Mrs. Brown's boys? This is why. <laughs> Just loads of dogging and suicides. Like, the, the bits I'm always most proud of in my Edinburgh shows are the bits that make audiences cry. I, like, I'm, I'm much more, I'm, you saw my girls, like, I was much yeah. happier with the, the, the touching stuff than I was. Yeah. Than I was with laughs. Yeah. Laughs are cheap. I don't get a laugh. Can't make everyone cry. Such an artist. I'm, 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 I'm not. As my father would say, artist, piss artist. I don't know what that means, um, but he's been saying it for years. Um, anyway, guests. Guest number one, regular guest, the the world's thinnest man. That's not true. Um, he's quite thin though. He's a very thin man. I mean, because you can't eat anything without it reducing you to a small pile of IBS. Um, it's oh, Matt Richards. Hello, Matthew. Hello. In my experience, it's always a large pile of IBS. Uh, <laughs> is it's most of it comes comes out? Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like you know if we were, this was a breakfast radio program, we'd have to go. This is breakfast radio. So apologies if you are eating right now. Yeah, um, I but I, I find it difficult to listen to podcasts and eat because if you got headphones in. Crunchy. Oh, okay. I was, thinking, I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, I can't do... I'm, I'm a typical man. I can't yeah, I was thinking, like... <laughs> I can't eat... <laughs> See, I... I no, I, no I, I like to I like to have my, my podcasts when I'm, like, sat doing admin and stuff like that. You could have, like, a protein shake. Some liquefied meal. I like it, yeah. It's can, good. Can Huel, which hey, John Briley lives cool. off. Huel. Which he's trying to force on me now. Is he? I've gone vegetarian. And I was... Yeah, you have gone vegetarian, yeah. haven't you, to an impressive yeah. girl like we talked about last yeah. week? It was, it's thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, Is it working? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so 
I know so I feel, much. I, I feel because that bit of abuse towards you got buried at the end of the last podcast, I thought I'd bring it forwards, and I'm very glad. I'm, that you I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just terrified about interactions going forward now. I, I don't know with with who me just or with everyone, everyone in the world. Just, I, 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 I'm as for as cocksure and confident as I am. I also <laughs> have you met you? Yeah. <laughs> But no, because the, the, right, so this is the thing. Because me and you know each other so well. Mm. I was talking about this to a, a friend of ours, and I'm saying, watch Jim in a conversation one on one with a human being. It's the funniest thing in the world ever because he cannot handle it. It's oh, the same with me. Same with me. Whereas we can walk out in, hundred, in front of hundreds of people, d- d- say loads of stuff, and be confident, whatever. But the minute you boil it down to a one on one interaction with a human being, we are fundamentally dog shit at human interaction oh yeah the reason I'm a stand-up comedian is because I'm an awkward weirdo mm-hmm. and the only place I'm comfortable talking to audience members is at wrestling shows yes where I'm strangely more comfortable yes. but if you're if, if you have no concept of wrestling you come and talk to me at a comedy show no, I find it really difficult. Especially because most interactions at comedy shows are drunk people coming up, either trying to buy me drinks or saying, here's one for you, which actually means I'm about to be racist. Yes, always, <laughs> always, absolutely, absolutely. I was at a gig with Chris once when someone came up to him and went, here's one for you. It is a little bit racist and mm. proceeded to tell the most racist joke I have ever heard in my life. Mm. Chris held it together quite well. I went, oh, yeah, Because yeah. you have to do that thing. It's It's... It's knowing when you have to... Because we'll all internalise that thing of what these people are saying to us is wrong. Yeah. But it's that really weird thing of, oh, can I, this person's just trying to be nice. Can I call them out on it? Yeah. And for the first three or four years of me being a comedian, I'd always just be like... <laughs> and, um, and, and now if someone does it to me, I just walk off like, yeah. while they're still talking. Yeah. Because I can't... I can't cause too much of a scene for the poor comedy promoter who's decided no, to book, yeah, decided to book me and all my opinions. Um, but yeah, I just have to just walk away. No one tweets me racist jokes anymore. Which is probably a good thing. People used to. When I started stand up, it'd be like like Twitter in the early days, mate. It was like the Wild West. Yeah, true. How they fit it all into the characters? I mean, back then, I mean, there was a lot yeah, like of abbreviating. Yeah. There was a lot of abbreviating. People had just cut all the vowels out of racism. <laughs> <laughs> Tweeting you in Morse why code. Why are they tweet me a postcode? Oh, no, that's very offensive. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, guest number two. Um, uh, second time on the podcast because she was here for this podcast this time last year because she uh, is knowledgeable about Japanese wrestling. And is awesome. It is Melanie Price. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Because um, uh, you did a great job last time. So it was a no-brainer when I was setting this one up to go, ah, we must ask Mel to do it again. Oh, well, Cause... thank you for having me again. That's all right. You did great last time. So um, let's talk <coughs> Wrestle Kingdom. I, got, I asked for questions last night. A lot of you tweeted questions, as always. If I don't, if we don't get to your question, apologies. If... If the person, if you've tweeted, if I have the same question 17 times, I tend to choose the first one I read as the, the person who gets credited for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, don't be annoyed. If Read it between the lines. The reason I have to put these things out is because sometimes people get annoyed um, uh, about this free podcast that I put out when I don't answer their questions. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. But I get, a lot of, I get a lot of questions. It's the same as, um, yeah, like, I, I get... 
like I get a lot of DMs on Twitter and I, I tend to answer them probably once every two weeks unless mm. it's something really urgent because I, I've got hundreds of them and I'm just I want to answer everybody but it sometimes takes a while so if I take a while to respond to anything be it a question you've asked for the podcast or whatever I apologise um, but you know I've got other stuff on I'm a busy man um, busy hoovering your astroturf hoover my astroturf see there's grades of astroturf as well because to a carpet right which is where you get it from because technically it's carpet right and there's grades there's like the bottom grade which is like two pound a square hang meter on, hang on hang on it's technically carpet is this like a jaffa cake is technically yeah you lay it like, yeah, you lay a, it like a carpet how do you think you lay astroturf no I know how you lay it I just wouldn't just expect I go and buy some carpet. Well, you don't really buy it from a garden centre because I imagine that's killing their business. So they're not gonna. Good lord! I didn't think about, think this. about this. This is right. Wow. So yeah. right. So go to a carpet right, and outside there'll be like a load of grades of astroturf. Right. <laughs> the top, like the most, the most expensive one. Honestly, it's like it's like Wembley Stadium. Okay, like, it's unbelievable. You you touch it and just go, my god! But it's like forty pound a square meter. Okay, right? buy my t-shirts. My son might be able to play on that. Right, <laughs> and then <laughs> but then the lowest grade. Right, I don't know. I'm a lot older than both of you. Right, but when I was a kid, there was a greengrocer's in the village that I lived in. Uh-huh. Right, and all the fruit and veg was stacked yeah, on this like really exactly rough, coarse, yeah, sort of astroturf. Um, and that's the cheapest one you can get. Okay. I don't want to get the cheapest one because I'm worried he'll get like carpet burns like he was playing on Luton's pitch in 1988. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Good luck. laughs> that's a very niche reference mm-hmm. for any football fans. Um, or Oldham or QPR. Um, or most of Scotland now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the, the high grade stuff. Oh it's, oh, it's unbelievable. Wow. Oh, it's unbelievable. Can we can we just sack off Wrestle Kingdom? And Fuck it. Ast- Fuck Wrestle Kingdom. Astro Kingdom. Astro Turf. I, I love the... Um, Japanese wrestling's always had a weird relationship with sponsors. Yes. This is something I was reading about the other day. So, when obviously there's always been since the early seventies, there's always been All Japan and New Japan, hmm. and then there's been various companies split off at various points. Obviously, UWF in the mid eighties, and then in the early nineties, you had a company called uh, Super World of Sports (SWS) um, that broke away. I want to say from All Japan, but it could have been from New Japan. Um, but they were started, um, they basically, the, the the big name that they had, and I can't remember who the big name that they had, um, who they took away, I'm going to look it up now. Um, but they, <laughs> they initially hired this guy as, as a spokesperson from a glasses company. Okay. And then the glasses company went, we really like wrestling, should we do some wrestling? And they set up a wrestling company based on it. I'm going to look it Why up. Not? Wow. Uh, I do I do love it when you like, because... Obviously, the canvases of all, all the Japanese rings are always super cool, and they've got like crazy logos and stuff. Yeah. You're like, oh, you, I don't know if you do it, but like, it was ten. It was tenry, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always get bored and then Google what they are, and it's just no, like do a that. dead, boring. Well, one of them was, nobody saw like nails or something. Do you know what I mean? Or like well, astroturf. <laughs> a lot of my this is what I'm going. With, a lot of my old tapes when I was tape trading, they were sponsored by an underwear company. Yeah, um, and and I remember it like always used to blow my mind. And I want it, I want someone, someone tweet me at Jim Smallman, um, all the sponsors that are on the canvas. Yeah, um, obviously one of them's Tekken Seven. Yeah, yeah. all the sponsors that are on the canvas for Wrestle Kingdom. Let me know what they all are. Oh, amazing! Because I want to know at yeah. Jim Smallman. Um, first person to do it wins. Um, 
with some of my AstroTurf, the cut-offs of my AstroTurf when I get AstroTurf. You should get a sponsored canvas for progress of all the places that you've done either voiceover work for or like commercial work for. So like DraftKings would be like slap bang in the middle. Screwfix, Volkswagen, Nutella, um, uh, the Discovery Channel for uh, Alaska Bush people. Um, uh, the Discovery Channel for um, a shameless cash-in documentary about making a murderer that wasn't making a murderer but was a cash-in about why making a murderer was wrong. Um, what else have I done? I've done like I just just because on commentary, I want to go. This main event is presented by Screwfix. <laughs> um, the uh, government help to buy scheme, um, which is for people buying new yeah, that's, houses. See, that's quite a good one. Which when I when we bought our house, which is a new build, they went. Are you aware of the government help to buy scheme? And I went, yes, I am, because I did an advert for it. Where I, I don't know if I told this story before. I went in to do the advert. Right, <laughs> I went in to do the advert, and they went, "Hi, Jim," and I went. When I arrived at the voiceover studio, which is, um, I've been to a lot, there's lots of voiceover studios, they're all in Soho in London, and this one's called Jungle, and I've been there loads, and I is found... It, is, it, is it massive? It's not massive. Okay. Um, they do say welcome to the jungle when you go in. Um, we've got fun and games. Um, like it's where hey, the voices for Hey Dougie, my son's favourite no, yeah, television yeah, yeah, programme, yeah, recorded, yeah. I found out. Um, but I go in and I know everyone there because I did, I did loads of Screwfix adverts there. So they all know me. And when I walk in, they go, hey, Jim. And I went, hi. And they went, listen, um, you're doing an advert today. And I went, yeah. And they went, it's a bit Toast of London in there. <laughs> right. Now, if you've never seen Toast, um, it's about a guy who does voiceover and he's mental and everyone around him is mental. Right. Um, by buying, what's his name? Matt, Matt Berry. Matt Berry. Right. Who has the best voice of voiceover ever. Correct. So I... I go up and, and normally when you do an advert, there is someone from an advertising company there and there's possibly someone from the company that's hired the advertising company, but not always. Um, and there's a sound engineer. Mm-hmm. That's normally it. I walk in and there's like, there's like an entourage in there, right? A full entourage of people who work for the government, people who work for the advertising company, like all these people. And they're all smiling. I walk in and I'm like, oh God. And I don't know anyone from the advertiser company I've never worked from before. And I sit in the booth and put my headphones on and they go, can, and they always ask you to read a script once just so they can get your level and everything. So I read the script once and they go, that was really good. Really nice read, Jim. Um, can we just ask, you don't sound very much like you're from Yorkshire. And I went, that's because okay. I'm, I'm not from Yorkshire. And they went, oh, right. Well, we were led to believe that you're from Yorkshire. <laughs> and I went, who led you to believe that? Because if you go to my voiceover agent's website, yeah. it definitely says Leicester-born. It yeah. doesn't say any other accents I can no. do. It just says East Midlands. And um, <laughs> and they go, oh, it's just, we, we were definitely led to believe that you you were from Yorkshire. And I went, well, I'm not not from Yorkshire. And it's honest conversation they had. Someone from the advertising company um, said, um, and everyone in this room I'm, I'm not tired of all the same brush. They're all Southerners. Every single one of them, right? One of them goes, um, where are you from then? And I said, well, I'm from Leicester. Genuine quote, isn't Leicester in Yorkshire? <sighs> to which I replied, no, it's in Leicestershire, hence the name. And from this point onwards, the advert goes massively wrong. Okay? <laughs> right? I'm proud of myself. Every Screwfix advert I've done, I've legit done it in the most four takes. Um, 
like if you ring Screwfix, ring Screwfix now. If you get put on hold, it's my voice, right? Um, because I once had to ring up Screwfix to order a sledgehammer for Pete Dunn to use, and I was greeted very early on a on a, mor- on a, uh, a Sunday morning in Birmingham by my own voice. At which point, I fucking freaked the fuck out. <laughs> but I had no idea what was going on. Right? So, <laughs> so I sit in this booth, and they go, "Well, can you?" Can you do a Yorkshire accent? Because this advert is specifically for Yorkshire and Humberside. And I went, yeah, but it was, <laughs> it sound like a Monty Python sketch. Hey, oh God. So it was. <laughs> it's just me adding t at the front of a loads of stuff that doesn't do it. it. screws. Right. So I, I, I love the idea that this company just thought all working class people are interchangeable yeah, as well. Yeah, right? much. Because um, it's, this advert is not aimed at rich people. It's aimed no. at people who want help buying a house, like myself. So... They, so I do it, and honestly, I do 30 takes of me in this. Because not only did they ask me to do it in a Yorkshire accent, they asked me at the end, I have to read out a website address. And the website address is helptobuy.gov.uk. Mm-hmm. Say a website address now in your head. That's the tone of voice you say it in. Mm-hmm. You go down at the end of the sentence. Yeah. They kept saying to me, ah, it's, not, it's not jolly enough. Can you... Can you try and make it go up? At the end? I'm like, you can't read a website address like that. If you listen to the national version of that advert, they got a, a, a lady who managed to do it, but it sounds weird. Mm. Right? And I went, so you want me to put on a fake accent and go up at the end of the sentence? Go up, you gay! It's impossible, right? It's impossible in my own accent, let alone... The, and I'm honestly, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm texting my agent going... Going, you honestly, I've got a story for you when I come out of it. And all the time I'm thinking, I'm going to get paid the session fee for this, but this is never going to get used yeah, in a million yeah. years. Um, and it did get used. I sort of weirdly heard it when I was driving through Sheffield one day. Um, and it, I presume every single person who heard it went, why have they got someone who's not from Yorkshire to yeah, be yeah. this? Now, at the end of, I've, when they're finally happy with it, there's like maybe 10 minutes left in the recording session because you record for an you get paid for an hour. So you mm-hmm. might as well use you for an hour. And at the end of it, I go, um, Listen, um, while I'm here, if this is a regional advert, yeah. why don't I do it a few takes in my actual accent, and then you've got it for the East Midlands if you need it. And they went, oh, no, no, we've already recorded the East Midlands one. We've got a guy from Birmingham to do it for us. And I was like, oh, I'm done. Turned the table over, walked out. Um, so it's a long story, but it's a story I'm proud of and a story I can't normally start telling on stage. Right, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I was going to ask you, dear listener, did you enjoy Wrestle Kingdom? Mm, long, wasn't it? I mean, it was long. Um, I um, I started watching this. It feels like at about five o'clock on Sunday. Yeah, and finished watching it at about two in the morning. Admittedly, I did go out to get um, a Chinese takeaway from a, a very bizarre but amazing vegan Chinese takeaway that's in the middle of a housing estate in Wrexham. I can't understand, like. You get it if, like, Very I was talking yeah. to Travis Banks about it, and he was like, oh, that place sounds amazing. Is it in London? I went, no, first of all, I don't live in London. And secondly, it's in a housing estate in Wrexham. <clears throat> like, but rammed, because the food's gorgeous. It's um, bizarre. They, they did, my wife, who is not vegetarian or vegan, um, my wife uh, had the vegan sticky beef from there. And it's, she said, if I could eat this all the time, I'd be a vegan. That's how good it is. Wow. While we were doing dietary requirements, no gluten for you, vegan for me, any for you. No. No. Just run of the mill, me. Just, you'll eat anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good. Probably, should, probably just to balance things out, we should probably just get you 
a bacon sandwich on some thick white sliced loaf for a minute. <laughs> uh, just to make both of us suffer. Mate, we're in Shorten, not a chance. I'll be served on a boat. What's the worst thing you've ever had? This is this is the tweet in today. Okay. What's the worst thing you've ever had a dinner served on in a restaurant? Because um, there's this place in Manchester. It might be it's on Manchester or Birmingham. I read about the other day. It was a steak restaurant that was bringing like steaks out on like wooden chopping boards. Oh yeah, and people yeah, were yeah, getting yeah, really yeah. bad food poisoning food food because there's something in the wood, isn't it? Well, yeah, because you can't yeah. like. Yeah, um, I don't know actually. I think I think I hate those tiny little chip fryers. Yeah, I hate Isn't that. Weird? Yeah, um, it's more glasses life. that they always. Oh, I, I went for I went for a drink after some food the other night, and it was at the Alchemist, and they served. So they made my cocktail, which was I think it was Long Island iced tea, maybe something of like that. You know, mm. pretty straightforward, nothing too fancy. They just gave it to me in a test tube <laughs> with with a glass. What? So they deconstructed it. Yeah, so they made it and put it in a test tube. I'm like, there was this genuinely this bit where I just looked at the person I was with and I was like, are they, are they for real? I'm like, all right, okay. So yeah, I think that's the weirdest one. I don't think I could top that. Living around here, Hipsterville. Hipsterville. You're just guaranteed yeah. a beer in like a jam jar or something. Because when we arranged to do this, you realised you lived in the same postcode. Mate, yeah, we have got, we've, got the most, over. we've got the most sought after postcode in Manchester. We have. Darling. So that's the thing with me. I live in North Wales, but I've got a Chester postcode just because yeah. it helps. Well, the, our local football team, the team I go and watch now, is West Didsbury and Charlton. Um, the the full name of it, and they've got a, they've got they're amazing. They're a wicked club. The reason why I like going to watch them is they've got um, an LGBT flag. They've got like a refugees welcome flag. They've got loads. It's very much like when I I started going to watch Clapton, which exactly. is where the which is where the ultras thing came from yes. with progress. Fans. Exactly, um, but they also have a flag that always makes me laugh, which is West Didsbury and Charlton. M20, um, M21 is ours. I'm like, who's fighting for it? <laughs> who, who is fighting you for this? Just, just imagine what the fight would look like. Oh, God, yeah. Some man with a beard on a penny farthing. Yes. You're over there. I disagree oh, with always everything. the people who actually aren't from here who start this kind of stuff off. Exactly. Because yeah. they're, they're rivals on <laughs> Main Road who aren't actually based in Main Road. They're, they're based a little bit, God, a little bit further up, um, about five, ten minutes away from the, the other ground. Um, and they're, they're called Main Road because they're funded by Manchester City mm. uh, and their academy. But they're their local rivals. And it's quite funny because if you walk from one ground to the other, you see all like, the stickers on the lamppost and stuff like that. And it's just, it's adorable. Um, but also, West Didbury um, did have National Non-League Dog Day. And 27 dogs were in attendance. It was brilliant. I once went to watch... Uh... Uh, Connor's Key Nomads and it was um, yes. made in the League of Wales yes. which is now my, the nearest team to where I live yeah. and did not realise until the other day Drew Parker is from Connor's Key he is, yeah, yeah. Um, which Probably. blew my mind I was like I was like, oh um, I only realised because we asked him where we mm-hmm. needed to bill him from on the match graphics mm-hmm. and um, and he, he, he replied to the company account and I saw it and went what you're from like three miles from where I live <laughs> he was like yeah so you know um, so you've got a rough area where I live now. So we we rob me. So we're definitely going to go and watch some some Welsh league football then. Yeah, Welsh yeah. league football is amazing. I mean, TNS win it every year. But I tried to go to watch the New Saints mm-hmm. play. This is why these podcasts are so long. Yeah. Just look at this tangent. Oh God, right. I need the toilet again. Just, 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 just going in. So 
Um, I went to watch the. I wanted to go and watch the New Saints play a team from Luxembourg in one of the really early yes, qualifying yes, rounds for the yes. Champions League. Yeah. Couldn't fucking get in. There is sold out. There's also a Twitter account with the new lawn. With a new lawn. <laughs> yeah. And there's a Twitter account called Stand Up for Barry because it was to do with Barry Town mm. and the ownership of that club. He's a massive wrestling fan, um, and I'm pretty sure he he knows like Mark Andrews and, and the Welsh lot. And he randomly came to a show in Manchester. So I follow his account because mm. also he used to blog about football. And he dropped me a DM after it and was like, Are you, you real answering uh, Future Shop in Manchester? I was like, Yeah, yeah. We got chatting and he was like, Oh, I was there. I was like, What a small world. I love it when weird small world stuff happens. Mm. Like, it's just, <clears throat> it's quite bizarre. Like, every now and again, I'll get a message from someone that I used to work with. Mm. <clears throat> Normally now it's like my kids are into wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids are teenagers and they come to progress shows and you're the ring announcer. And I'm like, yeah. I'm corrupted. I am. I'm teaching them all the swears. Right, well, now our um, short Welsh Northern football um, podcast is over. <laughs> I love the idea that people have listened to this and gone, they've not, literally not talked about any fucking wrestling at all yet. And we are 27 minutes into I think the it's because Brooke is that here. It's because Brooke is not here to... Because, to... you know, there's a life outside of wrestling, guys. You know, maybe enjoy it. AstroTurf. And uh, AstroTurf. AstroTurf. Wales. And test tubes. AstroTurf. <laughs> eating off of plates. Right. <laughs> Pre-show. Wrestle yes. Kingdom. Um, yes. I... Because so, I didn't watch it live. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something quite glorious in watching the old Wrestle Kingdoms. In that you'd have like a five-hour video. Yeah, So yeah. you'd watch the pre-show and then you'd have... An hour of just yes. the camera just looking at the ring yeah, yeah. <laughs> as the seats. They, they've, they've changed it now because they've got like a little graphic, which is quite helpful because it's all the dates coming up on. Yeah. Plus, if you store, wa- so. if you watched it, so I watched it with the English commentary, yeah. um, which I watched it with the English commentary because I watched it with my wife, and yes. I said Ooh. to her, "If this is me watching it on my own, I watch it with Japanese commentary because I prefer it." Yeah. Um, uh, even though uh, I like Kevin Kelly a lot, um, but I you're allowed to. I just, I, it's just, it reminds me when I was a kid and I watched tapes from Japan. Yeah, and you're allowed to, it's, we should say this early on because I know there was some mm. discussion about it, but it, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to watch it for and whatever you want to get out of it, it's absolutely fine. And I completely agree. I think Kevin Kelly and Don Callis are really good at yeah, what they absolutely. do. Really good. Um, and so, yeah, so um, I watched it with the English commentary, but because I watched it back a few days after the show, they edited it. All right. So once the pre-show had finished... You add the opening graphic, and then the show started, oh, which okay. I was because I was expecting. I'm watching it through a Chromecast. I was expecting to open my laptop and yeah. um, shout out to, to Claudio for uh, just picking my laptop and just throwing it on the floor during little during jerk. The little jerk. Although he did, I did realise he can count backwards from three to one and then shout go during a rumble, which is amazing. If um, you can change that to go ace, then he's even better. So. Um, we had the uh, the New Japan Rumble, which is always fun. Um, it's, it's a great thing about the New Japan Rumble in that <clears throat> even if you're quite nerdy about wrestling, there is at least one point during the New Japan Rumble where you'll go, who's this? Yes. Um, which is the joy of watching it on English commentary, as yeah. you will, actually, because there's no graphics. Yeah, you yeah just gotta, that is helpful. Yeah. you just got to fucking figure it out. Um, it was won by uh, the uh, 2003 Best of Super Junior winner, uh, Masahito Kakihara, who is probably more well-known for <coughs> um, for sort of shoot-style stuff because he had UWF on his trunks, etc. Um, he won. Other competitors included... Bushi, Chase Owens, who did at least 17 package pile drivers that the cameraman did not fucking pick up. (laughs) 
Um, cheeseburger, David Finley, Delirious, Desperado, uh, Gino Gambino slash uh, Mr. Juicy. Mr. Juicy, yeah. Um, uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, Jushin Thunder Liger. Must quickly point this out. My wife cannot understand why he's called Jushin Thunder Liger and not Justin Thunder Tiger. Yeah. She got really angry about She's like, Jushin's not a name. I went, well, it is. In, it's his name. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, it's it's Justin Thunder Tiger. It's just been misspelled. I'm like, it's not. Cool. Just it's not like it. Donkey Kong, which is meant to be called Monkey Kong and then got yeah. mistranslated, uh, or Pac-Man, which is meant to be called Puck-Man and got mistranslated. He's called Justin Thunder Liger. He's not called Justin Thunder Tiger. Um, any other renames you have for Japanese wrestlers? At Jim Smallman. Um, uh, Katsura Kitamura, who is... He's the massive one, isn't he? Yeah. Massive. Uh, Leo Tonga, Manabu Nakanishi, uh, Satoshi Kojima, Takamichinoku, uh, who looks somehow younger than he did in oh, the nineteen. 19- he is yeah. frozen in time. Uh, Tiger Mask, uh, Toa Hanare, Yoshihashi, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Yuji Nagata, and Yujiro Takahashi with Peter. Peter, uh, which is his um, lady, his, his lady, because he is a uh, Tokyo pimp. He is a Tokyo pimp, yes, and not. In any way offensive gimmick. Yes. One thing I've noticed. <laughs> so there was a few times that when people were getting in the ring on the main show, the camera was literally in their ass, which is the thing they used to do with any anyone yes. female. So, um, uh, for example, uh, Maria Canelis mm-hmm. massively suffered from camera in ass mm-hmm. syndrome all the time because. And, for all, I love Japan and I'm obsessed yeah. with it as a country. I am also aware it's a very, very sexist country. Um, do, do you remember that it was that thing for ages where it was always Liger on commentary and they'd always cut to him while he was just being a pervy old man? I was like, why are you representing this legend in wrestling as this pervy old man? I mean, he might be. And, and, but it was just always like, yeah, it was... You always managed to be in that match on comms. No, so you don't, you don't ever want, you don't ever want any of your heroes to be revealed as being anything other than absolute shining yeah, paragons yeah. of virtue. It's like this week we found out that Peter Beardsley might be a racist. Oh that makes me really sad. Yeah, it does. You know, um, and, and not because you, again you can't be in that position of well I defend them because I'm a hero. No, if you're a racist, get fucked, right? Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. But Peter Beardsley, come on, mate. Well, at least this Peter. Was, yeah, this Peter was okay. Um, I mean, she was wearing some clothes, I believe, yes. but like it was the only part of this match. I'm completely fine with my son watching violence, yes, because I'll teach him not to be violent. Yeah. Like that's my theory. Like it's lazy parenting to just have a kid, just put a kid in front of a telly. If ever my son's watching telly, I'm sat with it, mm. right? So we're watching wrestling, and he, he clearly likes it, and he's transfixed by it. It's probably just the bright lights or whatever. Mm. Um, but that was the only part of this match where I was a little bit like, I don't really want him watching this because it's seedy and it, and, it, yeah, and it, yeah. I don't. I feel WWE's moved on, indie wrestling's moved on massively, and it's it's New Japan that kind of hasn't with yeah, its representation yeah. of women, and that makes me a bit sad. Well, yeah, so it's Kakihara the one, wasn't it? Mm. And he was wearing his Takayama T-shirt, which was I was explaining to my wife was was quite quite a nice thing to do yeah and, and, and I'm, I'm led to believe like that's the whole point of him being there was to raise awareness and stuff um, for for them raising money for his medical yeah, bills lot, also they? big shout out that I think Kevin Kelly mentioned it on commentary mm-hmm. but the, the Real Hero archive yeah. um, got a shout out because they raised a hell of a lot of money that I can't remember what the figure is um, it was several thousand dollars it though. was yeah and I think they ended up presenting it to Minara Suzuki while they were over <coughs> for Wrestle Kingdom so yeah. big shout out to them boys because they are very nice and doing I think I retweeted that at least once during the campaign yeah sure and, um, and 
there was there's there's been loads of people obviously real donating um, mm. all the money from his tour he yeah. did in Sheffield to to the same fund as well. So it's just it's it feels really <clears throat> it's really sad in that there's there's Takayama and and Shibata obviously mm. and um, and Honma as well. Yeah, but, and it's just it feels it's genuinely sad that the style of wrestling that that we all love and one of the reasons we like watching Japanese wrestling has caused the end of, of several yeah. careers yeah. in the I th- last year. I think year. Takayama is the most shocking because of he literally just gave his body to both MMA and wrestling and and, and you just have to watch the Don Fry fight, I was just going to bring up the Don Fry which is fight. iconic and it's like it's mad that he got so far into life without a serious injury and then and then obviously this happened mm. but it's yeah it, it is really sad but it's great to see that people have a lot of respect for um, competitors that are sacrificing themselves yeah. for, for the thing that we love. Absolutely. Um, I think it was nice that because I, I, when when Kakihara came out, at no point did I think, well, he's winning. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like yeah. I wasn't. Um, although it's a weird one in that <clears throat> the the rumbles kind of it's it's a perfect sort of pre-show thing. I think yeah, in that yeah. you get it's that thing of it's the big show. How many people can we get on the card? Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is is quite a nice thing, and I know that. I look at when we put that Alexandra Palace show together, it's like, we need to have a multi-man on this, go get yeah, as many people yeah, on the show yeah. as possible. Because yeah. um, you don't want people missing out. No. Um, who did we think was going to win it? <sighs> Mate, this, I watched it live. I thought Nagata was going to win it. Uh, Kojima. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised. That, I mean, it was cool how Kojima and, and Tenzan got eliminated. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm not gonna lie. This was really early, and I was quite sleepy, so I didn't really care. Cheeseburger. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was wicked. I love cheeseburger, um, but like I said, I like I had at least four coffees, and I definitely had a nap during one of the matches. <laughs> so Thank you. I know. So I'm, I'm old. Leave me alone. I was talking to John and Glenn about this, and um, and explaining what the appeal of cheeseburger is, and explaining that Japanese wrestling has a history of comedic underdog characters it doesn't matter if he never wins a match yeah. it's he's very much even though he's not outwardly doing anything comedic in the same way that someone like Santino would do in mm. WWE he is portrayed in that way mm-hmm. he's portrayed as being a pucky underdog someone who's actually trained with them and, and, and wants to be good but he is essentially there as comic relief that mm. is that is what he's there for um, have you seen the gif of War Machine killing him with their um, their pop-up no. power slam? No, oh my god! <gasps> oh my god! Oh, it's amazing imagine? because he's so small yeah, compared yeah. to those guys. Oh. It's it's um, it's fantastic. Um, we've been asked one of the questions about this uh, from Stephen Loach is um, who is in our Legends Rumble? If we were to do, if we were to put this Rumble together with some names, and I feel we can properly random this up. Um, who are we putting in? Who are we putting in a Rumble? Um, trying to think. Yeah. What Japanese? I think you can. Yeah, we may as well. I think we should. Japanese and Brit wrestling. I was like, that's too. I think we should. I think we should make it. I think we should make it Japanese. Yeah. Um, um, Kawada would definitely be in there. Yep. Just kicking people in the air, dead hard for no reason. It's like, chill out, Kawada. It's a pre-show. Like, no. <laughs> no. I'm dangerous, K. Because that's the thing with this one. Life. There wasn't as many. It feels like the one last year had a lot of. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Very old men in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, was it Haku was in it last year, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Was Scott Norton in it as well? Yeah. yeah. Ledge. Absolutely. Scott Norton. He'd be in. He'd be a shoe in. I'd win it. I'd have it. I'd have him. I'd have him winning Scott it. Scott Norton just arm wrestle everybody. Yeah. Um, send Stan Hansen out then. 
Yeah, it's um, I put Terry Funk in his cowboy boots slash Air Max that he was rocking <laughs> at the Tenru retirement show. So I've met Stan Hansen. Yes. Um, I met him at WrestleCon a few years ago. And he, you know, you always read, ah, oh, he's blind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. <laughs> I had a conversation with him where he was looking the other way. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel bad for laughing at that. So, so I mean, we got so far. So, we're putting Hansen in it. Yeah. To, uh, Kawada. Yeah. Funk. Yeah. That's three. Liger has to go in it. Yeah. Standard. Um, I'd put Tenru in it. Tenru? Yeah. Uh, that's five. Can we have dead people? No, it's got to be... Oh. Got to be no, we've got to do it. With, we've got to do okay, it with yeah. actual talent now. I think talent I feel, is still alive. Now it? I feel bad that I'd be dragging Tenru out of retirement to stick him in a battle. Oh, He'll love it. Um, Kabashi, you can go in. Anita. There. Kabashi, yeah. Kabashi, Anita. Anita. Morishima. Morishima. Oh, yeah. This is good. Up to eight. How am I never doing twenty? Delphin. El Samurai. Because I can have Super Delphin, and you can yeah. have El Samurai. Mm. That's that's ten. Um, Taka can still go in it yeah Ledge Funaki's got to go in it Funaki's in fact screw it Dick Togo's got to go in it, it. it. Men's Toe Men's Toe's got to go in it that's 14 um, <laughs> this is, this is way more fun for Sasuke cause yeah Sasuke that's in, 15 put, down to the last five because he'd get eliminated with a barrel on his head or something down to, down to the last five Shinsei Shinzaki Shinzaki um, I feel there's not enough it's a New Japan thing there needs to be people who do MMA in it oh uh, Oh god. Don Fry. Yeah, why not? Don Fry, um I'm trying to think of old New Japan boys that are still. What's the name of the kicking? The guy who did a bit of MMA it was a massive draw there. Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp, yeah. Bob Sapp. <laughs> Two left. Bob um... Sapp's winning this, by the way, guys. <laughs> Bob Sapp or Don Fry win. See, when we were watching this, my my wife actually said have they actually... There was a couple of times people were eliminated and she was like, he didn't want to go out. Mm. <laughs> she was like, is this just a shoot? Mm. I was like, I don't think so. Yeah, you want to know who's vetting that one? Um, yeah. Original Tiger Mask. Original Tiger Mask. Yeah. Sayama. Sayama. I don't think you're going to convince him to do it. But I am. Also, he's winning. Yeah. he's nails, he's isn't he? Uh, Ultimo Dragon? Because he's still kicking. And... Oh, uh, Minara Tanaka, because he's still going. Minara. Uh, well good. Minara Tanaka, that's our 20. Yeah. He's good, that. Genuinely, it? I genuinely watched the match he had at Noah the other, the other month when he's like 47? It's yeah. How old is it? But he's still like ridiculously good. <sighs> Make it sound like. Hey, Jericho, 47's the new thing. True, that is true, that is. So, hang on, 47, so I always work it out by. Like Regal's 10 years older than me, so I always go, and I don't think he looks old. No. No. And it's only sort of, you know, it's only injury stuff that stops him wrestling, isn't it, really? Mm. So, um, but no, so that's who we'll have on our Legends Rumble, Stephen. Thank you for your question. Um, on to the main show, uh, after the usual fantastic uh, New Japan graphics. A little bit sad this year. There, there was one Wrestle Kingdom where they just had people just like, just on the streets. <laughs> like... I, I seem to remember like Kota Ibushi like on a beach. I could have just dreamt this. This show was long. I could be dead now. Mm. Um, opening match um, is now traditional. The opening match mm. is for the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Uh, the Young Bucks winning it for the seventh time, uh, beating Rapongi 3K, who are Show and Yo. Um, I don't like the fact they've not got last names. Um, 
accompanied by Rocky Romero, uh, via submission, which feels like an odd end <laughs> yeah. to the match, but they had already done the belts of driver, so yeah. it's acceptable. And they did keep doing sharpshooters and single yeah. leg crabs all the way through. Um, I like the fact that Sho and Yo were doing single leg crabs because they're not far removed from being young boys. That's true. Which is pretty much the only move you're allowed to do when you're a young boy, isn't it? So um, I wish we had a young boy system here. I mean, it's not like you've got a wrestling company where you could create it. I've tried. It's wicked. It's like, like trial match series are absolutely dick, yeah. man. Like, I absolutely love them. Obviously, still the greatest trial match series in the world was uh, Michael and Daniel before they became the Florida Brothers in Toromon. And they ended up going on an American excursion and then coming back as the Florida Brothers coming out <laughs> to Living in America by James Brown. <laughs> That's the equivalent of... Um, like you know when whenever people used to come on excursions because it used to be that when you were yes. young boy you come on an excursion to the UK and you'd yes. work for All Star so uh, uh, flying Fuji Yamada which is uh, Liger and then, then you Sammy had Lee which Sammy Lee and Quick Kick Lee Quick Kick as well like, so what are you Japanese? Martial arts in it yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> coming, everyone coming out to Kung Fu fighting as well yeah it's like um, crashed maybe we're fast as lightning um, thoughts on the the uh, the Young Bucks uh, Rapongi 3k match so this is this is the match I did have a nap in um, and it wasn't because Not it was bad you. but I actually went back and watched it because mm. it was really good um, yeah I really liked it I really like Sho and Yo I think they're super cool like it's it's that thing of they do look like they're ten years old. Yeah, but they're not like. I mean, well, no, because if they if they're actually if they're allowed a gimmick and stuff now, they're probably twenty four. Yeah, no, um, I think I think they're like <clears throat> mid to late twenties. Like, so yeah, they look like kids. That's they what, and they've got wonderful sparkly ring gear. They do and beautiful hair. I just I, I know they're in I know they're in chaos, but like I kind of want them in Kashida to be mates. They look like they would hang around talking about Back to the Future. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> with their haircuts and stuff. Um, but no, it was it was really good. Like, and it's that thing of I think we all can agree that we kind of brace ourselves for the young bucks being in this tag title match and it being like a multi man or whatever because yeah. it seems to be the same mm. formula. But they really they really put a shift in, and it was I really liked this match. It was wicked. Yeah, I I really like the young bucks as I've discussed loads of times on mm. this podcast. I think they're fantastic. Mm. Um, uh, if there, were, if there was ever a chance to have used them in progress in the past, we would have tried to have done it. Now, unfortunately, that, that train has sailed, so Austin Powers says. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but um, I have a slight issue with them sometimes, and I know it's part of their gimmick, but sometimes looking like they don't take it that seriously. <laughs> and that, you know, like smiling after they've taken a big move and stuff like that yeah. is, is, and I don't know how you guys feel about that, in that, like I think they're fantastic workers, and I uh, I don't think I've ever watched one of their matches I haven't enjoyed. It's just that little thing of, to me, it takes away a little bit of the intensity of what they're doing because it does look a little bit like they're having a bit too much of a laugh sometimes. I don't know if if that's something you guys pick up on or it's just me. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but at the same time, at Wrestle Kingdom, I felt like they did take it more serious than normal, and they should because it's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, but. So, you know, this, this whole no-selling thing is still a question, but I do think they did put a shift in and they put Shonyo over, mm. even I though think, they lost. I think it was something that you could probably criticise Kenny Omega for at the beginning yeah. of his New mm. Japan run, where he was never taking it serious. He always seemed like an over-the-top parody of someone rather than a person, but it only, it, he only really evolved because he got put into a situation where he was 
allowed or made to mm. be serious. So maybe that's what the Bucks need. Maybe the maybe Rapongi 3K are the perfect team for them because they've actually got a team that feels like they're going to push them. Yeah, well, they, mm. they've also been quite vocal in that New Japan's the only place they're treated as cruiserweights. Yeah. Mm. And everywhere else, they're heavyweight champ- champions. So mm. maybe they act, maybe they act out a little because they yeah. want to serve up the card. I don't know. Yeah. Act out's a bit strong, but we know. Yeah, I mean, so this is the well, thing I, I always know. think about: is I don't, and I know that in Japan, the the whole junior versus heavyweight thing is much more. People are much more bothered about it. Mm. From my point of view, I, maybe this is because I'm a British wrestling promoter, but the reason that we came up with the Atlas title in progress was because I know a lot of companies have a cruiserweight title or whatever, but nearly everyone's a cruiserweight. Yeah. Mm. Like if you go by the under 205 pounds thing, the vast majority of progress's roster is under 205 pounds. There's, uh, and, and that's, it was at the time anyway. And that's why we want to do the whole big lads thing. Um, but from my point of view, I don't ever look at it and go, well, someone's a cruiserweight, therefore they can't ever yeah. break into that mm. top tier. And obviously, we'll talk about Ibushi and stuff mm. in a bit, but but now sort of, well, and Kenny Omega was the junior champion. Hiroki Goto used yeah. to be, when he was a young boy, he was a junior heavyweight. You can, you can break it eventually, but I don't know if it's as easy for a tag team to sort of break it. That's yeah. Because even announced when Beretta came out, they went the newest member of the heavyweight roster. Yeah. Because now it's like this big coming out of... But then, um, but then you look at teams like... Um, Jeddo and Ghetto, they never were heavyweights, but they had a really long, good career there. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, again, it's that thing of, I mean, I'm biased because I've probably mentioned before when we spoke about New Japan, but I got into New Japan or was more going towards New Japan because of the junior heavyweights. Yeah. The reason why I was a big Noah fan was mm-hmm. because they presented their junior heavyweights as not just an attraction, but a, a, a competitive division. Um and, and I think this show um, and you know, uh, helped to <laughs> sort of reignite my love for that division because hmm. I think there's more people in that division now that I can really get behind. And look it at, seems like New Japan are thinking that way as well. You so. look at how wrestling's positioned in Mexico, though. Yeah, where lightweights are a bigger deal than heavyweights. Yeah, for sure. You know, someone like Alberto Del Rio was a heavyweight champion there and was nowhere near as over as someone like Mystico was. Yeah, who was it was you know fifty pounds lighter than him. Yeah, um, and I, I always just think I think it's weight classes are just something I'm fascinated with because you know we're, we're from Britain where yeah. when wrestling took off in the 50s we had seven weight classes yes. which actually meant that more smaller wrestlers got a chance if otherwise it would have just been big lads all the time yeah. wouldn't it so yeah I'm always fascinated by that I, I think it was it was a good match I, I I mean let's be honest a spoiler there's no such thing as a bad match on this show there's, there's bits that we're all going to like more than we like other bits yeah. but there's no bad matches um and again, this is a positive podcast. We probably wouldn't harp on about them if they were terrible anyway. Um, <clears throat> but I don't just think it was, it was fun. I don't know. I think it's interesting as well with some of the titles in New Japan never change hands. Yeah. Some of the titles change hands. I mean, it's not, it's not the six-man title yet. No. But this title does feel like it changes hands yeah. a lot. Because whilst this is the thing I never understand... Young books were going seven times, yeah, and showing off about it. It means you've lost it loads yeah. of times. <laughs> I never get that. It's a weird thing in wrestling. Oh, I'm a 16-time world heavyweight champion. That means you've lost. You've lost 15 times, yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, I never get it. It's a weird. It's a weird anomaly in the world of wrestling that I'll never yeah. really understand. Um, 
Speaking of the uh, the never open weight six man tag team championship, we had a gauntlet match for it, which is similar to what they did last year as well. Yes, um, <clears throat> where uh, Chaos became the uh, new champions. That's uh, the team of Beretta, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and Toriano, who is my wife's favourite wrestler in the New Japan roster. Mm. Correct, um, purely because it's weird she doesn't remember any wrestlers' names with her not being a fan. Unless I say Toriano, and then she just does the shrug, and I'm like, yes, I trained you well. Um, can also a shout out for his tights. Yeah. Really. And the, with the, the, the guy at the school with basically with an Elvis haircut on. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> Love him. Um, uh, so, yes, Beretta, Ishii, Yano uh, eventually beats uh, several teams. Uh, Bullet Club, uh, which is a team of Bad Luck Farley, Tamatonga, and Tangaloa, who were the champions going into it. They were the last to be eliminated. The uh, the rather awkward team of Michael Elgin and War Machine, because <laughs> they don't get on. Um, uh, lots of love to War Machine, who are wonderful, wonderful people having a car journey. I'll tell you that right now. Just I love those lads. Uh, I love Hanson and Rowe. Um, uh, Suzuki Gun, the team of Taichi, uh, Takashi. It, I was struggle saying Takashi Izuka and Zack Saber Junior. Uh, evil Zack Saber Junior. Wearing black. Evil. Evil. Yeah. Zack Saber Junior. Wearing black. Um, accompanied by El Desperado, Takamichi Noku, and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, uh, and Taguchi Japan, which is a team of Juice Robinson, Raisuke Taguchi, and Togi, Maka- uh, Togi Makabe. Um, um, so, um, I, I enjoyed this mainly because it, it, it's a gauntlet match, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of shenanigans. I also like the fact that the winner of it was not the last team to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, in the chaos, were the second team out and survived all the way uh, to the end. I also like the fact that. Um, Yano got two eliminations by just rolling people up. Yep. Fucking love it. Just hitting them in the nuts and rolling them up. There was loads of stupid shenanigans in the match. Izuku bought the iron glove in. Um, it was cheating left, right and centre. It was just great fun. Um, yes. Just daft. Daft fun. Um, anything that you guys noticed from it? That's, um... No, I just enjoyed it. It was, it was, I think calling it a palate cleanser is harsh, but it was a nice, easy ride. Yes, it was like oh, okay, here we go. This is fun, and like what it's meant to be. And I, I love the the the, the six man title purely for the random teams that yeah. they always seem to hold it. Yeah, because the team of like Ishi, Yano, and have they lost Barretta. it? Oh yeah, yeah, they lost, lost it. The night. Night. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was it wasn't it back to Bullet Club as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So. <laughs> it's. I think someone it might have been. Um, I forget who it was, but someone put a tweet, a tweet up about how, how often it's changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Basically, every show. Yeah, I don't think crazy. anyone's defended it for more than like. Well, it was like, wasn't it? Wasn't the original first holders was like the Briscoes and Yano, wasn't mm. it? And they won it at mm. Wrestle Kingdom and then lost it the night after yeah, a new like New, new Year Dash. So, like, yeah, yeah. It's um, <clears throat> but hey, again, it got all those extra people on this card. Yeah. Oh, I do think after the eighties, she's had the. He deserved yeah. yeah I hate to say that like oh that match is where everyone's thrown in but hmm. there's a few in there that hmm. probably should have had and Yano he's, I mean it's perfect for him that kind of stipulation to mess about but he should be alright big years New, New Japan Cup isn't too far away so yeah. I think that's the thing is is because everyone signs a contract's there <clears throat> it's not like you can do an indie wrestling you can treat indie wrestling like territories so you can mm. rest someone like with us with Rampage for example so we didn't really have much for, for Rampage for a bit. So instead of just having him just have the odd match, mm. it was was more effective to have him vanish for nearly a year 
mm-hmm. and then come back because everyone's like, yeah, and they're excited to see him again. And if yeah. you've seen his match with Flash Morgan Webster from unboxing, it is fucking ridiculous. Yes, because, it is. Um, there's one gif in particular floating around from it where every single person in Brit Rest is going, look how good Rampage is. We, everyone knew. Um, but <clears throat> with Ishii, I think you can just you can just put him somewhere where he's still around, but he's yeah. in the least threatening position possible and then build him back up again to do something cool. Um, but yeah, you know, when you think there's quite a lot of star power in those teams. Yeah. There's Ishii in it, Yano's in it. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Tamatonga and Tangaloa were tag champions for a long time. Um, <clears throat> War Machine were tag champs. Um I think having people like like Juice Robinson who's had a good year, yeah, um, really good year, um, and Maccabees in it as well, which yeah. is, again a, a massive star. So it, it was, you know, there's a lot of star power in it. Um, I do love a six man tag team championship. I don't think there's ever been a six man tag team championship anywhere in the world that hasn't just changed hands a lot because it's just because the NWA used to have one, didn't they? And it used to change hands a lot. Dragon Gate isn't too bad. No, it isn't too bad. No, it's sort of somewhere in between. Maybe the theory is because there's because <clears throat> tag titles change hands more than singles titles do as a rule. Mm. So maybe the theory is that because there's more people who can affect the outcome of a match, that it is more believable that it would change yeah. hands more often. Yeah, can mean justifying. Yeah. Next up, one of us has issues with this match. Um, uh, is mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not setting you up like that. Um, Kota Ibushi defeated uh, Cody, accompanied... Right, so Cody... Cody's called Cody and not Cody Rhodes. Yes. But the listen I have here, Cody was accompanied by Brandy Rhodes. So she wasn't, allowed to be called Brandy Rhodes? Wasn't the reason why they didn't call him Cody, Ro- Cody Rhodes when he first came in is because they had Cody Hall there as well. Maybe. I, I feel like that was something. Or maybe no. you just wanted to be... I thought this was a cease and desist. I thought it was a oh, cease okay. and desist thing. Interesting. I yeah. Okay. But, she's, but she, I suppose she wasn't called Brandy Rhodes though, was she? she? No. That might be it. But he's been called Cody Rhodes at Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, so, um, I my theory on this match was I love Ibushi. I wasn't massively looking forward to this match then enjoyed this match way more than I expected to enjoy it um, but I also know that opinion on this on Tinternet as I said in that advert I did um, is is split in the some people really really like Cody and think he's great um, some people don't get it um, uh, let's present every side of this argument uh, with our opinions um, now, and again we're a positive podcast so we're not bad mouth than anybody we're just We've got various opinions on it that we will go around the table and discuss. So, um, Mal. Start with Mal. <laughs> right. Because you, no, you, you talked to me about it and you before we started recording, you went, I've got some theories. I've got some opinions on this. Uh, am I right, Sam? And I'm like, yeah, of course you are. Because, um, you know, there's no... This is, it's all about opinions, so it's completely fine. So, um, what did you think about this match? Well, firstly, I want to say that I actually really enjoyed this match. Mm. So let's not start on a negative. <laughs> Good. Well done. Um, absolutely adore Ibushi. Glad he's climbing up the card again. And they do seem to be trying to position him as, as a new ace, don't yeah. they? Yeah. I'd like to know his contract situation. I think he'd now. probably like to yeah. know his contract situation. <laughs> is, it, is it cash in hand? <laughs> Does he get paid in is fireworks? He, is he a plumber? <laughs> yeah. I mean... By the hour? <laughs> by the head drops? Yeah, by the head drops. 
<laughs> oh, I love at some point when they were working this match out, they went, so uh, I'm going to do a crossroads to you off the apron. I think someone tweeted it out as they said, you know that's a bushy who oh, went, oh, hey, yes. Cody, I've got this idea. And Cody's <laughs> gone, are you sure? Like, the, the, the other half, when we were watching this, we, we rewound that spot. Yeah. She was like, there's no way that's safe. And we watched it a couple of times and she went, <laughs> oh, and, and we went, oh no, no, there is no way that's safe. Mm. No. No. Anyway, continue. Man. And especially Ibushi's neck problems. Like, mm. Come on, lad. Yeah. But I bet it's him. It's going to be yeah, him. Because oh, yeah. I don't, for whatever criticism you may have of Cody, I don't think he's an unsafe worker. No one no. no. would ever say that. No, no, no. It's probably, arguably, the safest worker on this entire yes. card because of what he was brought up in. Yes. You know. Anyway, yeah. continue, man. Oh, I don't really know where to start. Right. <laughs> Cody in WWE, really liked him. Dashing Cody Rhodes was my boy. I remember the paper bag gimmick. I loved yeah, that, that yeah. was so good. Yeah. And then all the credit in the world for him walking away from a steady job and livelihood. And every, all his words about it were so inspiring and was really excited to see him. But then this is Cody coming into Ring of Honor and all the Ring of Honor history... His style for me just doesn't match what you know the legends of Ring of Honor, Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan, Danielson. No, I can't say Daniel Bryan, Ring of Honor, Danielson, <laughs> uh, Loki, Homicide, all them people. But I don't know if that's on purpose or it or it's because he's a super heel. You see, is he doing the straightforward style because? The heat, I just, I've not worked it out. Maybe I don't watch enough Ring of Honor. I mean, my my opinion on, on, on the situation is I don't think Cody's consciously deciding to do one thing or another. I, I think that the issue is that he's come from an environment where he has always had restraints or formulas or ideas and structure to stick to. And he's coming into a world where creativity is massively praised and encouraged Mm. and the best matches that Cody Rhodes has had is against individuals that are creative or able to have matches that make it more dynamic so I don't think it's a conscious decision where Cody Rhodes is coming and going oh cheers for all that money nice one you know and then I'm going to jog back off to to WWE I just think I think he's I think he's learning more than he's teaching. And he's learning that you have to be creative and, a- and able to push yourself to, a, to a, a position where you might not be comfortable with. And I think the, the biggest attribute to independent wrestling at the, at the time now is that the biggest stars are the most creative. The, you know, the box, uh, Kenny Omega, Marty, Abushi, you know, the list go on and on. Will, Trav, like, you know, all these guys are, they they have an element of, ooh, what's going to happen in this mm. this match or, or this this thing. So I do think that that, that he is he is still learning. And I, I really do think this is probably the best match he's had because he had an yeah, opponent that, that not only pushed him in terms of wrestling, but actually had a storyline for him mm-hmm. as we saw play out <clears throat> the next day. Um, obviously with the Kenny Omega stuff so mm-hmm. I think I think that's what he needs I think he really needs people to work with that are going to go okay cool right you're going to do this you're going to do that but let's try and make something different and create something let's not forget that not every gaijin that wrestles in Japan 
<clears throat> is Kenny Omega. Yes. Or Will Ospreay. Yes. Hulk Hogan was brilliant in yeah. New Japan yeah, yeah, yeah. in the early 80s. I'm, I'm, le- I'm legit not making that up. No. He was great. But probably, if you're listening to this podcast now, probably not for your sensibility of wrestling fan was he great. He was a big dude who no sold a lot of stuff and axe bombing people. Yeah. Right? Um, but he was massively over. Like, even though we now have the legend of Vader in Japan and, and how great he was, to start with, Vader was just a big dude who no-sold. Mm. He wasn't wrestling amazingly... He wasn't wrestling like Kabashi or, or Masar or anyone like that. Uh, he, he, he broke into that sort of style. Um, so, this is a, a sort of a, a thing me and John were talking about the other day, in that I also believe that... New Japan are trying to position themselves as more of a global company, and to do that, they need sports entertainers as well as right. do. I could happily watch the 2013 G1 match between Shibata and Ishii until the day I, I could watch that once a day until the day mm. I die. It's my favourite match. I absolutely adore it. I could watch that constantly. I could watch Omega and Okada from last year mm. every day. I love it. Right, but that's not for everybody. No. This is something we said on the podcast I think last week. If you were to just put on loads of 30-minute long wrestling matches to a mainstream audience, eventually they'll get bored. The thing that takes you from expanding... The reason that there was nearly... I think it was 36,000 people in the Dome this year, which is more than last year. Um, the reason there was that many people there was because of the characters like Cody. Mm. Um, and the characters like Jericho. Mm. Right? Because Jericho was doing something cool with Omega, I've not seen as many people criticise... Jericho, as I see, criticise Cody, mm. and yet they're very, very similar wrestlers and very similar personalities. I think it's it's interesting to see that this is obviously New Japan is doing to want to try and have that sort of have that sort of person on their roster because that is the thing that's going to make them a much bigger global brand. Mm. But obviously, some wrestling fans are going to go, yeah, but I want. I want more head drops. <laughs> Don't worry, you still got them in this match. Um, I think as well, because there wasn't that many single spots up for grabs. Mm. People have been harder on Cody for that reason. Like when you think of the people in the never six months, yeah. you could have had a single. But you can't, you certainly can't argue after the year he's had that he's not a draw. Mm. He is. Yeah. And, and again, tickets. it's that thing of like, we, we saw where this storyline is now going mm. the, the the following show after. So yeah. I think I think it absolutely deserved its place on, on, on the show because... As well, if as I'm sure we'll talk about Dash, but if they are going into this rivalry between Omega and Cody for the leadership of Bullet Club or for Ibushi's heart, which I want it to definitely be about, <laughs> um, it's it's that's only going to help Cody connect with a Japanese audience more. Hmm. Um, and, and again, like if he if him and if Cody Rhodes ends up wrestling Kenny Omega, I genuinely think that that might be the match where everyone goes. Bloody hell, Cody Rhodes yeah. is good. There's going to be that Because again, I, I honestly believe it's that thing of, I think he's, he's, this is a learning experience for him. And how long has he been doing on the indies? What, like over a year? Well, don't forget, he was never on the indies previous. Exactly. This no, is, and didn't want to be a wrestler. And his dad didn't really want to yeah. be a wrestler. And he was acting school in California yeah. and played college football. And, and then one day he went, ah. Like a lot of people seem to do in the family business. Yeah. He went, Oh, fine. Yeah. Um, uh, and, 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 and had to learn and catch on very quickly. But I think, I was a big fan of him in WWE. And, yeah, and I think, I, I think that the, the criticism for him is, is not necessarily warranted. I definitely think his match here was better than his match last year at Wrestle Kingdom, mm. which yeah. 
felt really out of place. Yeah. It doesn't. It feels like in a year he's learned the style a lot better. Yeah. Um, I did. I did particularly enjoy the um, the interaction during the match between Ibushi, Cody, and Brandy. Yeah. Um, uh, so the plancher to the outside, him yeah. landing on her, and, and, and then. In, in Cody picking her up and properly dropping it like a sack yeah, of shit yeah, as well yeah. was like it was just like fucking hell yeah, yeah they do need to utilise her more because it's a case of sometimes she's valiant sometimes she mm. uh, goes to the ring with him then goes backstage like yeah. just be constant with what yeah. it is yeah. I know they're trying to be natural <clears throat> about it but might uh, as well use it we have a question about this match um, uh, from Vilinsky Konjic uh, slash a very slow Christmas bee he's giving me his current Twitter handle um <laughs> If we could book a match with the tagline "Handsome Battle" like handsome this one had, uh, who would it be between? Um, Who's our handsome battle between the two most handsome people in wrestling? Who are the two most handsome people in wrestling? In the your whole of wrestling, in all of wrestling, uh, Randy Orton. He is. He I'm is, going straight in with that one. He is gorgeous. Okay. He's, he's, he's a, a very oily man, but he's. Matt Smith is like a fatal four-way, guys. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, it's two. It's just two. Yeah, so Randy Orton and he would his opponent. Are we allowed to our own matches? Can, okay, my match would probably be... Oh, our own. Okay. Yeah, yeah, my match would probably be Sonada versus Finn Balor. See, Sonada... See, I said this all through the show. I kept saying, look, he's a gorgeous man. He's a handsome and my wife's man. going, your taste in men is terrible. I'm no. like, well... He's... He's gorgeous. See, so like, I, I think it's always it's always a battle battle uh, between Ibushi, Okada, Tanahashi, and Sonada. Outside, outside shout to Hiromi Takahashi. He's the one that all the goth kids fancy. So mm. definitely, when I was doing art for GCSE in school, I'd be all over Takahashi. <laughs> but I think Okada's Okada's got money, so therefore he's. He's Takahashi's Gerard Way in wrestling. Yeah, form. yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what he is. And then, and then Tanahashi's like Beyonce level of like beautiful. Like he's almost so beautiful that you can't find him attractive. He's got Beyonce's hair as well. Yeah, Abushi appeals to a very particular audience. And then, but Sonada's like he's got it all. You know what I mean? He's a little bit. He's a little bit metrosexual, but then he's a man's man as well. You've thought about this yeah. longer oh, yeah. than these questions. We, this is this is this is we, pretty much the nine hours that Wrestle Kingdom was on. Me and Craig just sat there going, "Sonata though, he's an answer." See, as man. soon as he came on, I, like I said, I, I nudged my wife and went, "He's a beautiful man," isn't he? and she went, "No," and I went, "No," but he is. Do you remember when Fernando Torres signed for Liverpool? And all, all the all the all the male Liverpool fans went, "Hey, he's a good looking lad," and all the female football uh, Liverpool fans just went. So <laughs> he's, he's, he's not. And it's so I did. I did a thing. I don't know if you remember this. I did a thing a, a few years ago where I got people to vote for their like, like straight men mm. to vote for who they thought the five most attractive men in the world were. Interesting, right? And I got about two hundred tweets, and I put them all in a spreadsheet, and I came up with the top ten. What do you think number one was? Vote for only by straight men. You had to be a straight man to vote. And then I got my gay friends to put their opinions on it, which I okay. thought were quite interesting. Um, it'd be like someone like Jason Statham or something. No, no, any of the top ten. Oh, interesting. Beckham. David Beckham was number one. Oh, okay. Do you know why David Beckham was number one? No. Because I think straight, especially lads, yeah. look at him and go, "He's a good-looking bloke, and he play football. He's a national hero." Yeah. That's how lads talk, by the way. That's the Right, uh, and he loves his kids, doesn't he? He's yeah. a good lad, right? And, and he's he's the least threatening 
Good. Right. Yeah. And what was interesting, I talked to uh, my friend David about this, and um, David Morgan is a, a, a comedian who happens to be gay, and he was saying that um, when I gave him the top ten list, he went, everyone's very safe on there, and he said, no one's thought. Everyone's looked at these guys, and it's all hero worship. So, like mm. footballer wise, mm. the most voted for footballer was Olivier Giroud, <laughs> right? Because I think most straight blokes look at him and go. Yeah, he's good-looking lad, isn't he? And he's good at football. Brilliant. Yeah. And that's why people were voting for people. Safe, um, weirdly, a footballer that got several votes but was is not necessarily the greatest footballer is former Everton and now Sunderland left-back Brian Oviedo. Got loads of votes. Um, my, uh, my handsome battle will be between um, uh, 2011 CM Punk and Sonada. Ooh, oh, nice. Nice. Oh, nice. I like Eris. Like oh, yeah. I'm Actually, do you know what? Do you know who's an outside bet? For being an absolute lady killer. <laughs> right. Um, well done, my mum, for talking there. Um, <laughs> oh, he's a lady killer. 90s Minaro Suzuki. Oh, Four. yeah. Four. Seriously. I was watching some of his facts That head of hair, Pan- mate. Pancrase Suzuki. <laughs> Four. taking him. Like, fair play to Craig. Craig said it before. Like um, One of the lads that runs Tatsujin said, he's, he's a man you can take home to your mum. Because he, he's got to look after you. Because who's got to who's got to mess with you? Suzuki's just choking suckers out, and and when it, as long as he doesn't smile, he's an handsome bloke. <laughs> Absolute lady killer. <laughs> um, oh, do you know I'd um, I'd choose as a sort of rugged, he'd look after you kind of guy. Lance Archer. So when Lance Archer came on, when you listen to Keith Urban, when Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith were on the screen, my wife went. Is it the 90s? <laughs> I was like, no, it's not. Um, um, oh, why can't I remember his name? Um, oh, I've just had proper mental block. Rugged, look after you. Hold M- you moustache, grey jumper. Um, Dan Severin. That's the one. <laughs> I love a moustache, grey jumper. I knew he said Jack Gallagher then. Um, Dan Severin. Yeah, he's a, he's a lovely man as well. I've heard that. Yeah, he's a lovely man. Oh, I've um, got an opponent for Andy. Gosh. Randy, Think come of on. all like a million like road Surely trips I'd have been like listen to my list of favourite men. Surely Okada for you. Okada's like sort of feminine handsome though. Okay. okay. He's like showing you a little bit too clean shaven. See okay. this is what my wife said about Takahashi who she, uh, she'd never watched wrestle before and adored because mm-hmm. he's so odd. He's a little goth. And, um, and she was like I like him he's my favourite she said, but he's very, he's very feminine. Um, I'll also like to put out that I'm, I'm not I'm not saying he's an actual goth before I get corrected. It's it's just a term, you know, that we were using. You're mislabeling a goth. Yeah, I'll, I'll get called out on it, man. The problem is, yeah. at the age of 30 now, so you can find people your dad's age handsome, or in the 20s, handsome. So. <laughs> All right, you it, just opens, it opens up the table. Interesting. It's true. I'm going to go for Kenny. Kenny nice. Kenny's adorbs. Oh, that's a good match. He's a hero. Really well mannered. Just, you know, Randy the Hunk. Randy Good. the Hunk. Plays in my heart, lads. Good. Um, so there you go, mate. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the answer. most intense any who's of in your, discussions are going to get. Who's in your handsome battle? At Jim Smallman. Hashtag Tuesday Night Job. And you so have I'm to... Really when you about this all day. When you tweet it, you have to write name X name because that's how this was presented got some nice emojis next to it like the uh, engagement ring one and maybe the bride but no aubergines no aubergines no aubergines yeah keep it classic yeah 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, then the tag team title match uh, for the IWGP Tag Team Championship uh, between the Unpronounceables and the Killer Elite Squad. I, I can say it now. I know. We're never going to do it. It's in joke, isn't it? Um, so the 90s team with Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Hart. doesn't Davy Boy Smith Jr. look like his dad? I know, I know. He does. Like, no. really looks like his dad. No. He, he, when he started, he looked a little bit like his dad, but now he has grown Do, into the spitting image. Yeah, he hasn't got the accent, and it always makes me laugh. Was he's Canadian? Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Have you, have you ever watched like the, the documentaries about the Hart family and whatever? And you've you've always got like Diane, and he's like, she's always like, oh, he had that beautiful like. English charming accent, and then they cut to him. He's like, "All right, pal, uh, test your baby." It's like that's not charming. It's horrible. I'm going to win the rumble because I'm bizarre. <laughs> exactly. It's like it's horrible. <laughs> Go on, Sting. Let's get to it, ring. It's just like um, horrible. I love the idea of them knowing their everyone at New Japan knowing their wrestling history, and every time uh, David Hartsmith turns up, them going, "Not planning on jumping to Old Japan today, are we?" Actually, what like. About today? Uh, <laughs> God, um, yeah, because they did do that, didn't they? They did. Um, his dad and, and Dynamite very notoriously jumped from mm. one to the other. Um, yeah, um, I really like Evil and Sonada. Mm. Uh, I think they're great. Um, I this was probably my least favorite match on the card. It, it just like. It's told a really good story. Mm. I ju- and, and again, by saying it's my least favorite match on the card, it's still not a bad match. No. It's still... The, the, the base level on this show is good. Yeah. It's just... I've I, I already been watching wrestling for a fair bit at this point, yeah. and I was a bit taken out of it. Mm. I think the way the match was put together with them with Evil taking their finish within five seconds of the match yeah. starting, um, on one hand, really good storytelling, but from my point of view, as a wrestling promoter, I go, well, clearly they're not winning with that now. Yeah. Like because that's yeah, yeah, just yeah. how I always look at it. Um, one thing I'll say, you know, when people are making a save in a New Japan match, yeah. so watch me at a progress show. If you're at a progress show, watch what I do when there's near falls. You... I can't watch, oh, okay. so I close my eyes when the ref starts. It's involuntary. I don't mean to do it, but I close my eyes when a pin's being counted because um, and I do it even for the final pin so you can't get a tell out of me whether or not this is going to be the okay. end of the match or not um, but I, I just have this weird thing now where I can't watch just in case someone doesn't kick out um, and like 
and I I was watching this and the, the saves were so late and it felt mm. a couple of times not necessarily in this match but just in the I'm trying to remember a point in general it felt like the refs were counting slower mm. or the refs because they'd seen that whoever was meant to be making the save was a long way away um, was it not just down to one of the refs being Tiger and he was he's a oh, very he's old so man no, I don't think it was that I think okay. it happened with, with a couple of the different refs okay, as well cool. um, another little thing I'd like to say and it, it became obvious in this match but then if, if you go back and watch the whole show if you work for as a television product New Japan like outside of the wrestling just as filmed television mm. it is not as good a product as WWE do you know why? Because there was a lot of people's backs. When you're watching the matches, there's a lot of people's backs because they don't work to a hard camera. They're not taught to do it. Right, so this is the thing that... And it felt like that they missed a lot of moves. The camera yeah, missed yeah. a lot of moves. And it felt that there was... This is my only major criticism of, of Wrestle Kingdom. Is it felt they missed a lot of moves and it felt like... Um, this is the sort of thing that Glenn will thank me for saying. It felt like there was no... There was no real direction of where you needed to be facing yeah. when you were yeah. doing moves and stuff like that. And it's weird as well because it's a baseball stadium, so you're not you've only got fans on yeah, yeah, yeah. you've only got fans on three sides really. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of the time they were doing moves towards the stage. Um, which the, is not where the camera is. <laughs> the thing with the fit I don't know how you guys feel about it, but like I completely agree with everything you said, but I always feel that New Japan usually nail it and and they get really interesting shots. Usually. I don't know if that's because there's a different camera team on 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 of some stuff but it felt a bit weird like it's the first time i've ever noticed it on a new japan show so yeah. it could well be that this is a one-off mm. but it was the sort of thing that i need to speak to john about it because john obviously edits our shows mm. and it's the sort of thing that you just get used to everyone who works for wwe knows to work towards yeah, the hard cam and that's why if you ever go to watch the nxt takings at full sale it's yeah. a bit odd because yeah. where the hard cam is there's only three rows of seats mm. um and you know the hard cam at Progress shows is normally where the stage is, and, and and people get used to working towards it, and it's a good discipline to have. But these people here have all been wrestling for years, and it yeah. felt that they, they either they were told the hard cam was in a different place to where it actually was, because obviously with it being a baseball stadium, they would have the hard, and you could tell sometimes the hard cam shot was was very low, so mm. obviously it was in the middle of the baseball field, a bit like when you get to a music festival, you know, there's a sound booth yeah. halfway yeah. through where the mosh pit is. It felt a little bit like that. Um, maybe someone who was there because I know there's a few maybe. listeners who went to it maybe you could tell us um, maybe, where you thought the hard cam was maybe we just need to stick a carder out early just because he knows where the hard cam is <laughs> well, he does. every That's single it. time well, earlier on in the show it did seem like it was a lot more roaming cam and as yeah. it went on it was just it was just really it was just it felt like I saw a lot of wrestlers backs which yeah, you no, never no. normally yeah. see um, yeah they do yeah. you know just, just felt odd maybe it's just me maybe yeah. if you felt if you felt you noticed the same thing at Jim's moment um, anyway tag match um, they, they did tell a story of it I, mean, I would have I felt the match would have been more fun to watch if it was much more 50-50 than um, mm. than the story of they were mm. fucked it, you know the unpronounceables were fucked pretty much from the bell and it was always from that point on it was, it I, was underdog I think for me I accepted this match was going to be my least favourite match before it happened and I think the fact that they did something different actually probably made me more interested in it. Mm. If it was just a bog-standard, straightforward tag team match, I probably would have been less interested. But I I quite enjoyed what they did with Sonata, um, beating him down and then him finally sort of taking the taking the win. 
um, especially with what they're going to do going forward. Um, it was fine, but again, like Killer Elite squad are, are solid, but they're not for me. I love Sonata, I love Evil, obviously, but I, I thought it was it was perfectly fine. Yeah, I think Killer Elite squad are, are good. I just it, it feels like a bit of a a bit of a mismatch. I'm just not. I'll be I'll be brutally <clears throat> honest. I'm not really a Suzuki Gun fan, um, with the exception of Saber and, and Monaro mm. um, and Attacker, but he's not. The Takamichi no Kawaii. I like the all wear black. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I'm a fan of a faction having a colour scheme. I'm a fan of their tracksuit. Oh, banging. Any tracksuits are just yeah. tip-top in wrestling. They always are. <laughs> they go for it. Well, they do seem more of a United group than a lot of them now. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So, but yeah. I guess they struggled a little because, was it Lance who broke his ankle? Somebody had an injury. Somebody yeah, he was, out, he, he, he was out for like six months. Wasn't yeah, right? and yeah. then... So the others crept on and then they came back just in the fold. I don't know. It was strange because I was surprised <clears> that Evelyn Sonada like, would out and out baby faces pretty much. Yeah. I quite like that being a wrestler in New Japan is very much like being a student at Hogwarts. <laughs> in that you do, have you, to, you do have to have a house. <laughs> like, yeah. that has to happen. Oh my God, let's arrange them in order of what they are. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't know enough about um, Harry Potter on account of me being a grown-up. Um, for me to be able to sorry right it's see you're young enough if you're 30 you're young enough to have read Harry Potter when you were still a teenager at least so um, but I I just I've always been a grown up and Harry Potter's been a thing and I I get really angry when I see grown ups reading it I'm sorry if you're a Harry Potter fan but it's one of my pet peeves well Gryffindor is the top baby face okay stable and Slytherin is the top heel so is Suzuki Gun Slytherin yeah probably I mean, no one. This, Original this is, Bullet Club would have been Slytherin, but no one's really a heel there, are they? Not really. And yes, that's and the no. interesting Probably thing. A big yes, discussion. Who's the yeah. biggest heel on? Who was the biggest heel on the entire Wrestle Kingdom show? Minara Suzuki still gets shit. Who starts going like that in the middle? <laughs> yeah, it's not. Still gets shit. No one acts like a heel. Yeah. Cody's probably the biggest heel. Fair shout. Fair shout. Cody's the only one who really acts like one. Mm. Chris Jericho. Because even Jericho was yeah. still playing up to it. And in some ways, Jericho was justified in, his, in everything that he did. Yeah. So, you know. Um, anyway, next match for the Never Openweight Championship. Hair versus hair and no seconds death match. <laughs> See, so here's the thing. Normally, no gimmick matches yeah. in New Japan. Um, this show had two gimmick matches. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Hiroki Goto uh, defeated Minoru Suzuki in 18 minutes uh, to take the title um, we've got a question from Burak who says who would we like to see take Suzuki's amazing one-footed dropkick during that match which is one of the best moments of the entire yeah. show just take I like Goto a lot and, and his, his ability to take a kick in is fantastic mm-hmm. um, but that dropkick oh my god it was brilliant um, I'd like to see uh, uh, now no longer part of the government's advice committee Toby Young take uh, that uh, dropkick mm-hmm. to the face for being a knob um, I'd like to see the guy that from the FCP who ruined net neutrality take that drop kick and someone make it a gif and post it all over the internet. Anyone you'd like to see take that drop kick? Oh, we'll go straight for Theresa May. Theresa <laughs> straight in Theresa May. Maybe in the jugular. <laughs> Strong and stable. Bam! <laughs> um, so, uh, go to Suzuki. Um, I I love this 
this was one of my favourite matches of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fantastic. Um, it's I had a few people tweet me saying they didn't really get Suzuki mm-hmm. until this match because again, he's a man in his voice. God damn Tekken final boss. But he's, he's, a, he's a, he is he actually machine. He um, he's a man. He's a man in his forties who, you know, he is not as interesting a wrestler as Omega or Osprey mm. or Okada. If that's if you want moves, moves, moves. In terms of believability and being a horrible old man, mm. he's he's fantastic. He, that's his job, and he's fucking brilliant at it. So. Um, did did you guys enjoy? Did this first of all? Did this match live up to what you expected? From it? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like I think I think the biggest bit of enjoyment I got out of it was like I, I genuinely didn't know who was going to win. Mm. Like I, I, re- I realistically could see both winning, um, which made it really really fascinating to me. I was yeah. like, oh, this is really good. I think it was good on the British on the British on the English commentary um, that they kept explaining the significance of shaving your head yeah. in Japan. Yeah, which is. I mean, there's lots of reasons that when I eventually get to Japan, I'm going to be looked down upon. Yes. One is I have a shaved head, and they're going to presume, well, what's he done? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's he done? And also I'm covered in tattoos, which means I can't stay in quite a lot of hotels. So, um, yeah, I'm fucked. Left, I mean, if I just want to, if I cut off a little bit of one of my fingers, I'm definitely not getting in anywhere. Yeah. Slash getting all the respect in the world, <laughs> depending on your viewpoint. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think I didn't, I couldn't really call a winner to this. Um, but saying that, I don't think... There's a lot of matches I think you... It feels like there's less predictability. Yeah. Apart from Jericho and Omega, which I never thought Kenny was ever losing. Um, I don't think... I think there was... There's certainly jeopardy in all of the matches in that you couldn't... Yeah. You could... You could go into all of them expecting one or, one or the other to win. Um, what... I mean... <laughs> What do we sort of think is next for both of these guys? I mean, obviously, some stuff has been announced, so... Well, Minoru's been straight to the point, hasn't he? That Tanahashi is his next target. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really excited for that. That'll be great, let's be honest. I, just, I, don't, I just don't get how people don't really understand Suzuki. But, again, you've been into Japanese wrestling for years. Uh, I think Not for that pe- long, to be honest. But well, I, I think just... for people who are coming into this... People who are coming to this because they've been caught up in the hype of Wrestle Kingdom and maybe they've su- subscribed to New Japan World for, for this. And they will see people talking about him and see the fact he's done Rev Pro in this country and Ring of Honor in the States. And people will be like, oh, he must be a mate. And then they watch him and kind of go, oh, he's, he's an old dude with no knee pads on and kicks and, hit, <laughs> kicks and chops people. I feel like I could kind of understand that actually more towards like a Shibata or someone like that. Mm. Because to me, Suzuki is like, the complete package is an entertainer and he's legit mm. and he wreaks havoc everywhere yeah. and he is entertaining yeah like, he's just... so funny yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we'll, just... go, we'll go to who's defending the title against Evil as well as having the title shot mm. with tag team title shot with Okada against Sonata and Evil so that's good because he is sort of the not second in command but the second sort of positioned person in chaos mm-hmm. these days um, so yeah, and Evil's probably second positioned in Lig as well. It's it's. I always feel it's between him and Sonata, but I think I think that might shift this year. I, I think Sonata Evil might. Gonna... But Evil's got a, Evil's got a win over a card, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's had a wicked year. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think this year is going to be Sonata's year, where he sort of 
hatches up. I don't know, I feel like we've been saying that for ages. Yeah, but he has got a title shot now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he's at least got a title shot. So I like the idea that <laughs> that at one point, main event in a New Japan show will be Okada and Sonada, yeah. both of whom tragically wasted by TNA. Oh, <laughs> tragically wasted by everyone? Yeah. That's, that's to, to me again, of... of of knowing how New Japan tell stories so well, they're, they're, that's what interests me for their storyline, mm. is that the two people that were shunned and took alternative routes and then got told that they're going to be the next generation of stars and, and they carry some some baggage from that. And I think that's what makes it interesting. Mm. I really want Sonata to just have that come alive moment, though, in one of his matches. Yeah, because that's—I mean—that's the criticism that's all that thrown is, at him. Yeah. Is he is very emotional. It is his Lij character. Yeah, I just need that moment. It's quite nice when you get put in a stable where you can act like that. Yeah, yeah. and you can get around it. Yeah. I kind—I kind of like that. Um, uh, on next to the four-way match, the first ever four-way match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Not the first multi-man match because there has been a three-way in the past between uh, uh, Prince Devitt, mm-hmm. Abushi, and Loki, and Loki yeah. um, which was the first time Loki ever dressed as Asian, whatever the number it is. Yes, fully so. Thanks. Um, so Will Ospreay beats Marty Skrull. Uh, Hiromu Takahashi and Kushida got a fair few questions about this um, we'll get to those in a second I love this match partly because yes. two of my mates are in it which makes me inevitably very biased mm-hmm. um, but I thought it was absolutely great fun yeah. um, lasted 20, 21 minutes yeah. felt like it lasted 5 minutes yeah. even on a long show 7th on the card yeah. just felt like it breezed by um, I could be wrong. Aren't, isn't the IWGP t- junior title sneaking up the card a little yeah. bit? Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, because it feels like it always used to be third. Yeah, it, yeah, it always. I'm, I'm sure it always felt like it was heavyweight, intercontinental, mm-hmm. never, then tag. Yeah, and then it would be sort of a little bit lower down. Yeah, but yeah, but, but it, it it does it does feel like it's it snuck its way up. Um, I. The, the thing about this match, this match is crazy, right? But, <laughs> right, knowing Will as well as I do, I saw Will take much more ridiculous bumps and stupid stuff mm-hmm. in his match with Travis Banks for us yeah, like four yeah. days before. Um, uh, and I'm afterwards saying, yeah, I mean, it's not like you've got like Tokyo Dome in like a few days, mate. Maybe take it easy. Never takes it easy. 100% all the time. Well, that you boy. know you've got the employee loyalty there. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> what a comfort. It's nice. Um... Yeah, I thought um, Marty's entrance was really good. Oh, uh, cool. Cody really cool. shared a, a picture of Marty assembling his wings into his jacket, mm. which which was quite a cool thing to show. Like sometimes I think wrestling fans think that wrestlers just go get told they're doing an entrance or go. Mm. Yeah. Whenever someone's had a really impressive entrance for us, it's either it's been a combination of of their idea and ours, mm. and and if the the ones that really work are the ones where wrestlers have turned up and gone I'm going to make this amazing yeah. and that really memorable moment of him coming out on the wings and everything just just looked really really cool yeah. um, I thought it was absolutely great I thought the um, I, the only thing I wanted more out of it I wanted more Takahashi because I think he's yeah, wonderful yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously he was taken out of the match for a bit um, by Marty taping him to one of the guardrails um, <clears throat> but I just thought it was fantastic fun um, so some questions 
uh, a question from Corona it says, um, do we think the first four-way for the title was successful? Was it more successful than having a one-on-one match? Do you, do you think? Um, I don't know if it was more successful, but it was absolutely successful. Like, I loved it. I really, I, it was fantastic. It was, it was a really good advert of um, this is how a multi-man can work. Yep. Um, but I remember feeling the same way about um, Abushi Key and Devitt at the time, which was, I personally would prefer if it, they re- multi-mans remained special hmm. in terms of they only happen when they have to happen. Uh, I-, I could live with once a year, could live with once every two years well, because... Well, they've always had the success out of the, the junior tag titles often been yeah, defended yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. movies, hasn't it? Mm. So, you know... I think that was a breath of fresh air that this year was yeah. a straight match. Yeah. Yeah. I've had like Rapongi Vice, Red Dragon... Again, yeah. The Box oh. and whoever else was... Yeah, ricochet and mate. Yeah, ricochet and mate. Yeah, Gucci will pop in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do it, but not too often. This made sense because yeah. they've all had a strong year. They're yeah. all strong contenders for sure. And the build for it was quite nice as well, with them all sort of facing off quite quite a bit in the in mm-hmm. the lead up to it. Um, it, I do think it, it was a success, and, and like multi man matches are fun, but you're right, you can't do them too often because people mm-hmm. end up getting burnt out by it like in when certainly when we're putting shows together for progress it's like sometimes you like to do them because you want to get people on a card or whatever mm-hmm. um and sometimes you can do them to protect someone or whatever but i i just think <clears throat> it, it's if you have it, it's that thing of the thing that pleased me the most was the fact that will actually be marty mm-hmm. if it had been if it had been a, a way of getting the title off Marty without Marty having to yeah. take the defeat, mm. it would have I would have I would have felt it less successful. I feel mm. that that told the story between those guys that it needed to tell. But they kept saying on commentary that obviously all around the world, mm. Marty always beats Will. Mm. Um, uh, shout out to Kevin Kelly who didn't do it on this show, but has done in the past. Bought Progress all, which is very mm. nice because we have absolutely no relationship with New Japan. Um, so it's <laughs> nice to acknowledge it. And he was acknowledging other companies like PWG all through Good the show man. as well. Again, companies that don't have a relationship with New Japan. Um, it's nice, you know, because obviously companies like Ref Pro do um, and Ring of Honor do and it's nice that they get bought up but it's nice when other companies that don't get bought up as well. I wonder why they hot potato that belt. Like I say, some belts are really... Because that is a prestigious belt. Isn't well like the 80th champion yeah. now? Yeah, something like that. Um, and considering that title's not been around for that long compared yeah. to the, the the main title as well. Mm. It, it, I think it's... You want to, as a promoter, sometimes you want to give people title changes. And I suppose that New Japan's hierarchy must just look at it and go, well, what title is... It, it, it's, it's probably to do with prestige. Mm-hmm. You look at how long Okada's been champion for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose that's probably just the theory behind it is it, it's it's just down to the prestige of it. It's not as prestigious as, as the main title mm-hmm. or the Intercontinental. And, and, and maybe they wanted to have its own identity. I mean, when they were changing it between Kushida and Takahashi when Takahashi sort of came in um, or, or re-debuted or whatever you want to call it like that made sense because it was so unpredictable mm. like because of Takahashi's character yeah. um, and I, I do think it gives I do think it gives a different distinction from the heavyweight uh, title because of the style of matches because it's going to be high risk so it's like is that risk going to pay off anything can happen yeah. kind of thing yeah um, a question from Shane Kiley is, do you think we'll ever see a multi-man for the other titles? 
I, I, I mean, well, if this one's a success yeah. and reaction to it is is good, then it might not happen soon. But we could possibly. I, 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 my my brain can't even comprehend. And I don't think it fits in with the new Japan style to have the heavyweight titles no. contested in that way. Because of the slow build, the but, title match but then, but then, the, then if you think about it, in, in recent times we've had a ladder match. Yeah, you know we've had a hair versus hair match. We've, you know what I mean? There's, there's there's been more gimmicky matches creeping in. So I don't think it's a it's a never. Well, the natural thing would be Omega, Okada, Naito, just because of the three yeah. everyone talked about. Yeah, yeah. But I can't see it. <clears throat> not well. I can't ever. Eventually, not yeah. anytime soon. I think as well there is that tradition of if you, it's it's that very Japanese thing of if you lose, um, not the, not the sort of passing of the torch or anything like that, but if you lose is that respect of you've been beaten by a better man. Yes. And if there's three or four people in it, yes, there's a muddying of the waters between the victor and the person defeated, which I think is probably why they went with Marty being the one who was actually yeah. beaten by Will mm. in this multi man. Uh, and Jamie says, with Will and Marty in this match, who is next from the United Kingdom to make it big in New Japan? Um, bearing in mind, I've not... Because I, I knew when Will and Marty and, and that, I knew when they were all going there because they told me. Um, I'm not aware of anyone else going to New Japan in the near future. I'm, I'm fairly certain that anyone with a WWE UK contract can't go there because Pete Dunne would be wonderful there yes um, but I don't think he can go there um, could be wrong but I don't think he can um, I don't know who would we who would we see making it over there I mean Travis Banks is obviously an immediate one and again loves has trained in Japan as well I, I mean again Chris has said it before but a, a kind of off centre one might be Zach Gibson yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Because I think he's he, oh, and obviously he's been having a lot of matches in Ref Pro against people like Nagata mm. and, um, and stuff. Maybe not New Japan. Um, initially to start with, Pastor William Eva. Interesting. Because I think and I know he loves Japanese wrestling as mm. well, and obsessed with people like Bruiser Brody and people like as is Rampage Brown is also yeah, obsessed yeah. with Bruiser Brody. But imagine putting Pastor and Rampage in a tag team together and putting them in New Oof. Japan. And just them. and letting them and letting them behave like Brody used to behave, oh. because I just I just love the idea yeah. of just just pile drivers and lariats everywhere. Yeah, I like it. I right, like and it's a bit of left of centre one, but I know how much they'd love doing it. Yeah, it'd be really really cool. Really cool. Down with that. Uh, junior, super junior, maybe bubblegum, something like Ooh, that. Yeah. Nice, like it. It'd be nice if, if if more people did get a chance to be in super junior. Hmm. Um, from certainly from this. This neck of the woods, as it were. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. I know. I know people like like us would love to do Dragon Gate and stuff mm. like that, and that'd be cool. that'd be sweet. Um, so yeah, there are answers. Um, on next to the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, uh, where Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, beats Jay White, Jay Switchblade White. Um, now, I'm going to give you someone's opinion. Stephen Jones yep. sent me his opinion, going, "I thought Jay White was great." Now, while the show was going on, so I had the show spoiled for me massively because I went on the internet. Mm. I couldn't watch it when it was on. And I noticed a lot of people going, maybe give Jay White a chance, right? And in my head, I was like, oh, so obviously this whole gimmick hasn't been as impressive. Mm. Um, first thing my wife said was, why is Trent Reznor in a wrestling match? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> they look like Trent Reznor. Um, now, in a new badly, 
if we're honest, it wasn't necessarily the most interesting match in the world. No. I will also be honest and say, I don't find Tanahashi matches that interesting. No, you said before. And, and like, I know he's great, and I know in the right environment he's in absolutely blinding matches. I, I know that. But he doesn't do... In the same way AJ Styles did, do loads of me for years, and it's only been recently mm. my brain's gone, oh, actually, you really like him. Mm. Um, and I know Tanahashi's great, and I'm not saying he's not great, he's just not for me. So, from my point of view... I think I probably I wanted to see a little bit more sort of charactery stuff from from Jay to sort of make this match more memorable for me, and I was surprised that they spent all this time and energy building him up, and he just kind of got beat. And admittedly, it's a twenty minute yeah. long match, but he just kind of got beat, which felt a bit weird. Mm. Um, which is a question from Connor Pape says, "Do we feel that White got beat too easily after the big build up?" I would say Connor that. Japan's different to America mm. in that you can be built up and still lose your first match. It doesn't matter as much there. But how do we feel about the whole switchblade? No, I think thing? I think everyone's everyone's pretty much made a good point about how Kenny's cleaner gimmick didn't really pop mm. at the beginning, mm. and now he's evolved into something interesting. And I think the show the day after on Dash definitely gave a better account of Jay White character as well as as well as the match that he had mm. um in terms of losing too easily he did wrestle arguably one of the greatest IWGP heavyweight champions of modern history a man yeah. that almost single-handedly dragged that company through hard times so mm. I don't think the loss to Tanahashi hurts him because it's Tanahashi but yeah it, it didn't it didn't seem to I don't think there's anything. I don't think there was anything wrong with the match. I don't think there's anything wrong with the gimmick. It just didn't click. There wasn't that. Mm, I think it, it lacked a little aggression. For me. Fair. Okay. Also, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. It did yeah. need to be more aggressive. He's, his match the next day, I think, was a lot more. Grr. Mm. But also, I think he was a victim. Like you've got to remember, he made his return on the same show that Jericho's video yeah. came on screen. Yeah, so, I mean. That was a forgettable moment. But also, it's kind of bad planning. Yeah. Like, you, you don't want to overload yeah. people with surprises. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, I think... It's a difficult one, really, because it's it feels, again, like a much more Western gimmick than New Japan would normally mm. do. Mm. Um, and I know that is, technically speaking, because with JB from New Zealand, he is, and he's not a Westerner, because it's pretty much the same. But you know what I mean? Like, he's... <clears throat> it's a much more it is a much more western gimmick to do that mm. and again whether or not that's something that they're thinking of to try and globalise the brand a little bit more mm. um, and because it is it's not quite sports entertainment because as a rule you know WWE won't have a guy playing with a knife in promos as a rule true, yeah. um, but it does make him more defined and again it's that thing of taking him from being a young boy mm. to having and presumably they'll do the same with David Finley at some point in the future I, as well. I'm really interested to see what he does because obviously on Dash he turned down joining Bullet Club mm. and apparently he's joined Chaos yeah. mm. which they did off camera someone tweeted me and said I only do stuff off camera I don't think he's joined Chaos I think he's going to turn on Show and Yo I don't think he's going to join a faction. It wouldn't really make because sense. Because he's only it? been advertised one match on the tour mm. coming up, and it's that match with Show and Yo against, I think it's Los Angeles, I think. I Push think. Um, if they do that with him and have him being the outcast, then I think that that would help him going forward. I don't think it's going to hamper him, 
going forward if he's if he's in chaos mm. I, I really don't or if he's wherever he is but I like the idea of him just being the guy that no one likes yeah they did it with Naito a little bit when he, could he first be alone. came back if you remember his gimmick's not his gimmick's not a million miles away from Undertaker-esque in some ways and if they make him a bit of a loner it could actually yeah. make him yeah. it makes him interesting it does if, if we've pointed out if everyone's in a house like like Hogwarts, mm. if he's the one person who's not in a house, I don't I don't know if there's a Hogwarts reference here that we can use. <laughs> I'm looking at Mel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there anyone in the no Harry Potter books else. who's not associated with a house? But if you, if you think about it as well, it's like if he's if he's going if he's trying to kill the Bullet Club, which is the, the suggestion that it is, then it it's understandable that he will he would use chaos to achieve that. Does that make him part of chaos? Like this is the thing. Oh, no. It's like this is what I mean. His character has got the potential to be really different, like really different. And even if even if they do go a little bit more conventional with it, I still think he's going to be allowed to to grow in that time. Mm. Um, and I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to what 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 happens with him. Like I mean, he's honest. had. One or two matches back, and Literally he's gone this yeah. much discussion. Yeah, so exactly. He must be doing something right. Yeah, exactly. and, it, and again, not everything catches on straight away. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's a sign, and I'll get to this at the end. That, that people's expectations are sometimes so high that there is nothing you can do to avoid disappointment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can ruin it for yourself. And this this show is a prime example of that in mm-hmm. some ways. Next up, first of the two main events. Um, which was uh, Kenny Omega uh, defending his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship in a no-disqualification match against Chris Jericho. Um, Now, this match was long. Mm -hmm. I have a theory on no-disqualification matches. They shouldn't last long because you're hitting each other with weapons. So, for me, this match should not have lasted 34 minutes it should yeah. have lasted at most 20, yeah. um, especially with what followed it, because it just, it's it, it the life out of me as a viewer a little yeah, bit because yeah, it lasted yeah, too long. Sure, sure. Um, uh, I love Kenny. I also love Chris, Chris Jericho. They, mm. You know, um, Jericho is one of my favourite ma- uh, wrestlers of one generation and Omega is one of my favourite matches of this generation. Mm. Um, I thought Jericho uh, really brought his working boots to this um, for someone who, like we said before, is what, 47 mm. now? Yeah. Um, you know, worked his ass off. The whole setup to it was brilliant, mm-hmm. um, but I do feel that there was too long a sort of feeling out process and messing around at the start of it mm-hmm. that it could have. It could to me. The men are really the, the the way they built the hatred of each other was really good, and they mm-hmm. could have they could have made it. They could have condensed this match mm-hmm. a little bit and made it much more intense yeah. for me to make it to make it really stand out a little bit more as it felt it felt a little bit sort of WWE attitude era main event style in that it's like well the table's probably going to get destroyed at some point mm. and we're going to we're going to wander around ringside a little bit and stuff like that also from a refereeing point of view in this sometimes was doing rope breaks mm. sometimes wasn't doing rope breaks yeah, sometimes was counting them out sometimes wasn't counting them out and it's like you'd think they would have sussed that out yeah for me personally um what did, what did you guys think of? I'm, I'm not... I don't want to say I, I didn't enjoy this match. Yeah, yeah. I, I really did enjoy it. I just... It, maybe with promoter's head on, it didn't need to be as long as it was. But I don't know how you guys feel. 
really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. I think it lived up to the hype. Um, I don't think it really needed to be no DQ because Kenny finds his way through tables in straight up matches <laughs> at the best of times. That is a good point. That is a good <laughs> but point. But to build to the this is a one off, never mm. going to happen again, I see why they've done it. And it did build, you're right about it living up to the hype. Yeah. It did. It really did live up to the hype. It's just, you know, I'm being just, probably a bit nitpicky. It's great. Just back off the year that Jericho's had in WWE. The year Kenny's had. It's an absolute dream match. See, I love that people have instantly gone, oh, no, Jericho probably burnt his bridge for WWE. The, the, the two days after that match was announced, Vince had tweeted him, mm. happy birthday. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think there's, there's this mythical war between two companies who are on opposite sides of the globe as much mm. as, as wrestling. Wrestling fans always want to find a... A prime example is is for a long time people wanting Progress and ICW to not get on. Mm. Yeah. Mark's been on this podcast like literally like from my point of view as a, as a wrestling promoter and John and Glenn will back me up on this I want to try and get on well with everybody Yeah, because you never know when you're going to do a flight share with exactly. it for an import. Like that's <laughs> like <laughs> what's the point of pissing people off and I think it's the same it's the same in the big leagues as well. Like, yeah. there's no real need. It's not. It's not the Monday Night Wars because we've been so conditioned to the Monday yeah, Night Wars, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and two people in Vince and Ted Turner legit hating each other. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like, I think we've all been conditioned to, to presume there's there's a rival when there's not. Yeah, and yeah. I, I would say I listened to the talk with Jericho a couple of days after, and mm. that's all about how the match came about and what mm. Vince said and everything. It's really, really insightful. So, I presume Don Callis was involved a little bit because yeah, he's, yeah. he's from Winnipeg as it, well. It isn't was he, his so. brainchild. Mm. So, Which is, yeah. you know. Um, so Kenny got him the commentary job. So in turn, he's thinking all these different ways of yeah. how we can help Kenny out and keep his really run cool. unique. Um, how did you feel about it? Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think I think it's, um, I think for me it was, uh, it was really important for for Jericho to have this match, um, I, I think it just helps his legacy. Like, I think it's such a good way of of making people remember him. Yeah. If does that make sense? Yeah. You know, instead of sort of winding his time down with WWE and like his WWE stuff's been fantastic. The, the whole Kevin Owens feud and, and all the list and stuff was great, but it's not like he's not got a great canon of work. No, 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 absolutely. But it's that thing of like. You know, you're only as good as your last match in people's memories, right? So if this is <coughs> one of his swan songs, then it's an absolutely fantastic match. You know? um, big shout out to the point where he set a table up, looked at Chono and went, this is for you, Chono. Yeah. <laughs> in a callback to, um, call to something they did in the Dome years ago, wasn't mm-hmm. it? So, um, a couple of questions about this match. Mm-hmm. One from TD, which was... Now, now Blood was allowed in this match, and obviously they... Um, Kenny was allowed to blade off of the code breaker he took when the angle was first set up, um, which is unusual because New Japan has a no blading policy, as most wrestling companies mm-hmm. um, tend to have. Um, um, so TD said, "Did we notice the blading incident?" Now, because I clearly didn't, because I don't know what you're referring to. So, did we notice the blading incident in this match? I didn't because I made a coffee at that point. Ma, what the hell? Um, the biggest banner match of yeah, like, I, the last. I, like Jim, Jim, wow. like Jim said though, this match was very long, and I was waiting for the main event. Oh, so versus Omega. I just thought, I thought, I'll go and make a brew, and then my housemate. I'm really mad at you. Was laughing. <laughs> um, my housemate was laughing because he was like, "Oh, it's the worst 
blade job passing of thing. So what happened? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm not too sure. It was I believe it was the the passing of the 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 object that he used to blade that was just really yeah, obvious. Yeah, with, with red shoes. Oh, okay. oh, there you go. Say no more. Um, red shoes. I should have rewatched it, but yeah, there was an incident of passing it around, and then there was an incident of Kenny not quite. Um, managing to cut himself, I think, is the gist of it. And it went on for a while. But the only reason I think we were expecting it is because of the segments leading up and yeah. getting the colour on the other. So, um, <clears throat> I was... It took a while to bleed. I don't know if I mentioned this on... I think I mentioned this on a podcast recently, but <clears throat> I tried to I tried to blade when I was a teenager because <laughs> I... Um, no, would have been my early 20s. Because I'd... I had no idea that blading was a thing until I came back to wrestle in my early 20s as a student. And then when I found out it was a thing, it was like, how hard could it be? Really hard. Mm-hmm. Like, like cutting a razor blade in, into bits in the first place is fucking difficult. Then actually finding a place to cut yourself when you've never done it before. Mm-hmm. So with the Megan not having exactly a blade-heavy career, yeah. you know, it's not going to be like, Jericho's bladed a lot, yeah, so it's not going to be too... Jericho, then. a very famous blade job that Jericho did um, when he was in Smoky Mountain. Uh, a company, Jim Cornette, that lasted less time than my company did. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> God. Um, so when so he he had a match when he was in the Thrill Seekers with him and Lance Storm, and I think they were wrestling the Fantastics. I think, and that's the day Jericho talks about it in his autobiography, his first one, um, where he was trying to. I think he was trying to do either a 450 or a moonsault. Um, and he, I think it must have been a 450 because he could do a moonsault. So he was trying to do a 450 in the ring. And he was messing around trying to do it and broke his wrist. But then still had to wrestle that night. But he, I think he broke his right wrist and he's right-handed. Okay. And we've been told to get colour in that match. So he had to blade with the wrong hand. Oh. And therefore just slices his head open and bleeds every... It is, it is, it is 1.0 on the motor scale yeah. level. It is... Muta, JBL, uh, Eddie Guerrero sort of level of, of gore. Um, he absolutely fucking knacks himself. Um, and it, 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 but that's so. It's not like Jericho can't blade. He knows no. what he's doing. But um, but yeah, I, when I I tried to blade myself and, and I couldn't, and it took ages. And eventually, I got a tiny trickle of blood because it's not easy to do. Mm-hmm. But then when you think that someone like Shawn Michaels could be thrown over a top rope, spit a blade into his hand, cut himself and throw the blade away all whilst he's in midair. That's a special level of skill. I'm really fuming at Matt. (laughs) You're on my list. (laughs) I'll go back and watch it. You should. Um, Next question. Like Rucker last year, I slept in for like the first third of Wrestle Kingdom. Like, well, go and watch it if you're going to come and do the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) See, some of us are professionals, Mel. We are. In your unicorn slippers. Um... Next question about this match from Corona. If Cody and Kenny compete to lead Bullet Club, which members of Bullet Club will be in each person's corner? So who's going to take sides? Oh my God, it's like your parents breaking up. Well, it's it's, it's Kenny in the box, 100%. They'll never leave him. They'll never leave him. Marty also loves Kenny. Yeah. Um, Cody will probably inherit Tamatonga. I think Cody will have Chase Owens, Takahashi, and then, then it's down to Farley... Tama, the OG, Tonga. They're kind of drifting off on their own. That is true. The the Samoans are doing it for themselves because they've got the um, is it Leo as well? Mm-hmm. He's, he's massive. Yeah, he's changed his name apparently on the next tour. I saw today. He's changed it to a 
just a one name thing mm. that I'm not too sure is. Uh, it's massive and um See, I I I I think they're just it's just gonna cease to exist. I think if they if they whatever they do with it, I think Bullet Club's gonna be dead. Side point. As Bullet Club kinda run its course now. hundred <clears throat> percent. Wow. So would as wrestling fans we'd say yes. absolutely yes, because yes, yes, we remember yeah, when yeah, we yeah, remember when Fergal was in it, etc. Yeah, etc. Yeah, yeah. However Look at it from a t-shirt selling hot topic yeah, point of view. True, true. It's, to a lot of people, it's a new thing. True, <sighs> true. It, and again, it's that perception of how hardcore a wrestling fan you are. Yeah. You know, by the time something, it's that thing like liking a band, and by the time they're popular, you don't like them anymore. Maybe, it, maybe it has evolved, and maybe it is just going to be the elite that break off and do their own thing. Mm. Um, but for me, yeah, it's one its course, but. Again, yeah. But LIJ are the bigger merch sellers. Yeah. LIJ in Japan, but globally, Bullet Club by a mile. America last month, LIJ had run out in Washington, D.C. Hot Topic. I um, I had the pleasure of going into Hot Topic in Orlando. It's exciting, isn't it? It never gets old. Right. I went in Hot Topic. I bought loads of Deftones t shirts because you can't buy them here. And I, I, I went in, and it's quite nice being able to take a picture of Marty's merch and send it to him and go look at this I do the same with like comedy mates when they've got a DVD out but now I can do it with wrestlers that I know in their t-shirts Marty must get a lot of them and a lot of seats on aeroplane pictures mm. yes I do that it's called a Marty <laughs> skill now every flight I've been on every flight I went on in 2017 I got full Marty skill good apart from the one I went on with my wife and my son where they unfortunately took up seats <laughs> ruined it uh, ruined it um, not unfortunately oh, wife um, I, I was very happy to have you there. Less so the boy, because let's be honest, he didn't sleep and he slapped a bald man on the head. Um, <laughs> he did. He did. My wife picked him up. When we were flying to New York, my wife picked him up to, to walk him down to walk him down the aisle because he was getting cranky. He didn't have his own seat. He was, only, he was under two years old, so he had a sky cart and he's too big for it. He's a unit, right? So she picked him up and she's carrying him back down the plane. And the guy who sat a few rows behind us just walks past and the lad just hits him on the top of the head and the best bit is the bloke turned around and I think I think the wife had to pretend she did it um, to take the bullet um, Karaoke Dark says do we see Omega and Jericho reviving their rivalry in WWE at any time I don't think Kenny will ever go to WWE no uh, he likes answer, Japan too much my answer is no and I need a wee okay but don't, I mean, Kenny loves Japan, doesn't he? Yeah. Speaks Japanese fairly well, has been there for... Because it's not like he's just come into our consciousness. He was in DDT for ages. Um, yeah, he loves the life. He, he's res- he lives over there, doesn't he? He's not Canada. No, I think he's... Maybe also, as well, I think he's... He's one of those... You know, sometimes you see people and they're too much of an independent spirit. Zack Sabre Jr. is another one. Yeah. I never see ended up in WWE. He just... He likes the, the travelling life. It's like the Colt Cabana thing that he always talks about. Just that thing of just travelling around and wanting to make as many towns as possible and, and see the world. And for some people, the the travel and the, the experience of doing all that crazy stuff is more important than the security of having a regular job. Yeah, you know? and the excitement. You know, I'd, I'm, I'm someone, I'd, I'd kill to be able to just say I'd got... a a consistent full-time job out of wrestling because I'm nearly 40 and I've got two children but I think for wrestlers it's it's very different and I can't I mean I know a lot of people have tried to go oh Jericho will be here and then they're looking at Fozzie's tour schedule and going oh, oh yeah. no he's I've been he's, doing that he's, he's got a show on Wrestlemania day and he's got yeah. a show on Royal Rumble day and he's you know it's but he hasn't got a show on the Los Angeles Evolved show day I've checked 
Has he not? No. I like that you've checked. We'll get that. to that. Okay, good. Hint Naito. Um, um, it's mad though, this time last year, a lot of people were convinced Kenny was going to be in the Rumble, weren't they? Yeah. Also, like, whilst, again, us as hardcore wrestling fans appreciate how great he is, would that translate into being on Raw or SmackDown? Not necessarily. Mm, no. In NXT, in, in NXT, 100%. Yeah. He'd yeah. absolutely nail it. But would you, and, and again, it might not. Like, no one expected Daniel Bryan to become the success that he became. We all, as the fans that we are, we all wanted him to. The same yeah. as we all yeah. wanted Samoa Joe to. Um, but you, there's no guarantee that people will catch on in the way that we think they will. Because our form of fandom is very different to mainstream mm. fandom. But then if WWE also is cease and desist in his mates at every turn, he's probably not going to want to jump ship. Yeah. See, I have, a, I have an opinion on the, the whole cease and desist thing in that I think if they hadn't have took the piss as much as they took the piss, they never would have done it. No. If they hadn't have rocked, up, if they hadn't have rocked up to a couple of miles away from a row and done it, they probably, no one ever would have given a shit. <clears throat> and, you know, no, because they've been doing it for years. It's not like no one knew they were doing yeah. it. Mm. It's only when they pushed it too far, which is, you know, whenever you've got a gag that works, eventually someone will push it too far. So, um, Right then, to the main event. Uh, a singles match for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, as Kazuchika Okada uh, defended his title successfully against the Sia Naito. Um, and the internet went a bit mad. Um <laughs> So, a lot of people were very unhappy that Naito didn't win. Now, Naito's obviously had a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, he is arguably the most over person in New Japan at the minute. Uh, this was his big chance, and he didn't win. Now, it's interesting to see, in particular, Western wrestling fans losing their minds and getting really annoyed. I read a, a review on one, one moderately prominent review website where the reviewer was giving the matches star ratings mm-hmm. and gave the main event a dud, which is not, um, because Naito didn't win. Wow. Which is absolutely ridiculous. So here's the thing. I've been, I'm a Leicester supporter. Right? I've been to watch Leicester play games that have been fantastic games of football and we've lost. Mm. Like, yeah. And I've come away and I've been sad that we've lost, but I've still enjoyed the game. Yeah. Right? And that's how I view this. Yeah. From my point of view, I like both of them. I didn't care who won. I no. just wanted it to be a good match. Yeah. It was it as good a match as Omega and Okada from last year? Probably no, no. no. don't think so. I, I, and and <clears throat> the unfortunate thing is because that match was so good, and all of the stuff that Okada and Omega did during 2017 was so good, that's what it's always going to be judged upon mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if this, I don't know, I've not seen Meltzer's ratings yet because the, the observers not out yet for this mm-hmm. week. Um, and I'm curious to see what he gives it because he's not going to give it six he's not going to give it six and a quarter mm. um, but he might give it five mm. but I don't know if it is a five star match for this reason it's, again it's a 36 minute long match mm. and I think the match between Akada and Omega last year was 40 odd minutes mm. maybe 44 and it, that match last year felt they went at it full force for that entire 40 minutes with this, again, it felt like they knew they were going for 36 minutes. So, and again, I'm not. this match is still wonderful. But it felt like we're, we're, now we're going for 36 minutes, so we need to start slowly and build. 
which is fine. It's the New Japan main event style. But when you compare it to last year that didn't really feel that way, it doesn't feel as entertaining to me. Um, because now a car, there is a, a, a card of main event style that is building to this and building and building and building and building and building. And, and it, I don't know if if we're all maybe a little bit tired. I'm, I think it's great, but I don't know if fans are maybe a little bit tired of it now and that's why there's negative reaction to, to this match. This match, which is... Like, you can't watch this match and go, it's a bad match. It's not. It's a wonderful match. But it's not... It, it's it, First of all, there's the disappointment of people wanting to see Naito win and this be Naito's big moment. Uh, and then there's the comparison to last year's match. So I don't know whether any of that stuff muddied this match for you. So, so my opinion on this is, I, I do agree that it wasn't as good as Okada or Omega as, as a match. But I thought what this match did incredibly well was play on the conventions of New Japan main events and more specifically Okada matches. There was so much in this match for me because I, I, I really am invested in Okada and Naito that I loved. So one of the first things I noticed was Okada doing the Rainmaker talk quite early on, but not hitting the dropkick. Hmm. And the minute the match changed was when he hit the dropkick. Hmm. And that to me was like a lovely little touch on the convention of because we are we're programmed as soon as he hits the drop kick does the taunt we're like here we go finishing stretch strap in um i thought that was great i thought the the little bits where they got the shot of naito holding okada's wrist mm. again was a really nice little hark back to pretty much every single okada match he's ever had um but the thing that i thought this match did brilliant was it presented Naito in a way of this is a man that deserves to be here this time. This is a man that's learned all his lessons from last time and learned to be himself and himself works. But the reason he lost this match is because he doesn't fully believe in himself. It wasn't that he got too cocky. It was because he, in his head, still doesn't think he can beat Okada. So when he hit that first Destino... It was enough, but to him, he's like, no, I have to, I have to prove beyond reasonable doubt that I am the absolute best in this company. And it was in present in the storytelling of him being ferociously obsessed with hitting the Stardust Press and the fact that he didn't believe that he could pin Okada. And then Okada, it takes one Rainmaker, bam, and he's done. And that to me, I cared more about this match because I'm... I've been fortunate enough to care more about them two in a big, long period, especially Naito, because I think he's incredibly fascinating in terms of someone that <coughs> that choked horrendously to then go from being a, a legitimate outcast to then making that his gimmick and then coming back and being the man he is. So for me personally, because I've been on this journey with them, I really loved the storytelling in this match. Like, I really, really did. And just the the the, the bits where, like, Naito was just beating the piss out of him because it's like, you would. This is the man that took everything away from him. He's taken the title away from him. He's taken his spot away from him. He was meant to be the next guy, and there is this guy standing across the ring from him. 
that took everything away. And on the other side of that, you've got Okada, who is starting to believe who he is, like, fully. Like, I think this is the most important title defence Okada's ever had. So I think this is the match that solidifies him as the man. Like, because we're at a position now where, and I know where the questions are going, it's like, who's going to beat him? Mm. And I love that. That's why I love this match. I'm like, I think it's interesting. Um, Chris said he felt he was anticlimactic with Naito not winning. But <clears throat> this is the thing about, about wrestling. And this is the thing I've noticed as a promoter is like when people get annoyed at the result of a match in a form of entertainment that is scripted. Mm. <laughs> so like I'd never... I've never seen people get... I suppose the, the most recent Star Wars film is probably the best example I've got of people... I can come up with of people going, I hate that. I hated it and I want it to be changed. <laughs> and But with wrestling, it's it's one of very few art forms. Like, no one watches a soap opera and gets annoyed at the, at the cliffhanger at the end of yeah. an episode of EastEnders. I do. Okay. <laughs> but, 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 but do you know what I mean? It's like wrestling's this thing where people go, well, it was his time, he deserved it. Well... You don't know what New Japan are planned. Mm. This could well be the main event next year. Yeah. yeah. So, it and I do feel that New Japan do long-term booking better. But again, mm. as a promoter, it's something that that whenever fans get annoyed at a result on a progress show, like sometimes I just want to go, you wait until you see what's happening in three mm. shows' time and this will make sense. But you can't always no. say that. Um, but Chris says that he felt the match was amazing but was just missing something. Do we think it was missing anything? I mean, I... I would have liked to have seen Naito win, but for exactly the reasons that you've just spelled out, there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with this match. It's it's not the thing I think was missing. It could have done with a little bit more intensity earlier on in the match. Yeah, I probably like that, agree that, with that. That, that. The one thing it's missing for me. But apart from that, the story that they're telling is still compelling, even if it doesn't mean that we get a big go home. Yeah, it's not WrestleMania where mm. the babyface has to win. That's not how it works. Mm. Japan's very different. And, so. and it's that discussion again of, of who is the babyface or who is the guy that we all want to win. And mm. it's like, yes, Naito is super popular, but he's super popular with a, a proportion of that audience and mm. it's a young, anti-authority proportion of that, that fan base that do want to defy convention mm. and that's wicked that's because he becomes he, he doesn't become a villain he becomes an anti-hero yeah it, but you've got to remember that, that at the same time though it's like Okada is absolutely money now, you know excuse the pun but he is he's everything that that company needs also Okada's younger than Naito right uh, yeah. yeah he is yeah and I think it's that I think it's wicked of, of you just you get to pick who you who your guy is like, that's super cool. And you have legitimate reasons to, you know, because again, they both do. Like, Okada's a dick. Like, like yeah. watch, watch him. He's not full Hogan dick, but he's, he is a dick. He does dickish things. He has that can't be arse look on his face. But then that's the, another well, part that's of that story is, is in the past when Okada's choked, it's because he's too cocky. He's overconfident in himself. And the story of Okada is he's finally become the perfect combination of confidence and ability. And so I just think it's, 
again, like I, I can understand why some people and and it's not it's not like oh I'm absolutely right I'm a hundred percent right you're allowed to disagree because that's what I got from that match and I, I genuinely believe whatever you got from that match in the same way that I'm sure there's people that watch this show and absolutely adored Kenny and, and Jericho and I, I completely understand it it wasn't so much for me that match because I wasn't as invested in that match but that's not to say that one match is better than the other I, I genuinely think. The beauty of the show, all 25 hours of it, and <laughs> 92 matches, yeah. is, is there's, there's going to be something for you here. And I think in recent... Uh, I think wrestling could be, be quite fickle, especially when it comes to New Japan, because everyone's like, oh, New Japan's wrestling. banging. Fickle. It's <laughs> banging. It's an amazing show, amazing show. For a long time, Wrestle Kingdom used to be absolute dog shit until the final four matches. You had to sit through the like the first load of stuff, and like again, there's probably people that disagree with me, and you're allowed to. But I used to, I used to never watch Wrestle Kingdom live because I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to sit through like five matches that I don't care about until the good stuff comes along. And then when they used to have the breaks in between as well, I was like, oh, just end me! Like, when is this gonna end? And I think this is the first time. Uh, as well as last year, because I thought last year nailed it as well. But this year was really good, top to bottom. Um, and I think that should be praised. And I think, again, it's that thing of, there's 10 matches, you're going to find more than one match that you absolutely loved on that show. Um, a couple of more questions. Uh, Sam Taylor says, where does Okada's current IWGP heavyweight title reign rank next to other great title reigns not just in Japan people like CM Punk's long WWE title reign um, how do we think it ranks in terms of all time title reigns is it is it up there with the best of them uh, well it's pretty bloody amazing but it's very hard to compare to CM Punk because he was defending mm. on TV a yeah. lot when you think of all the, the amount of times that Okada actually defends because well, Okada I think, isn't that much um, Dave Meltzer put something in the Observer about how often WWE wrestlers wrestled in 2017 and how yeah. often New Japan yeah. guys wrestle and I think someone like Dean Ambrose I think was the most the guy who wrestled most for WWE um, I could be wrong on that someone will probably correct me um, but he wrestled like 215 times or something like that um, which is tons. Yeah, is a, a, a really massive amount. Um, and then Okada wrestled something like 120 times. Yeah, and out of those 120 times, only 15 were singles matches. Yeah, mm. so it's no wonder he can do these 30, 40 minute matches yeah. every now and again because he's saved it. The, the style is the style's rough. No, yeah. wrong. But you're not doing it. Yeah, there's indie workers in this country who are more banged up than yeah. New Japan guys yeah. because yeah. of all the midweek shows and stuff exactly. now. Um, I think I think it's it's up there though, like in terms of again, like um, if you think back of the heydays of like the nineties and all Japan, that triple crown used to bounce around quite a lot. Yeah, um, a title run off the top of my head was Kabashi with the GHC heavyweight title in Noah. Mm. Like he had a hell of a run with that title, um, but in terms of delivering in title matches, phew, yeah. yeah, yeah, he is in that top three, definitely. Consistently being that good is, is to be applauded. Um, Raf was the first person to ask amongst about a dozen people who is the one to eventually dethrone Okada? Just a name Kenny Naito Ibushi. Ooh, nice. Ooh. 
thinking... You find out his contract then, don't you? <laughs> if they can stop him from riding bicycles into people. <laughs> I love... Put the fireworks down. I love that there's a wonderful spirit of a child within Kota Ibushi, isn't he? He is the greatest independent wrestler in the world because he doesn't give a shit. He is mental and loves it because he, he's got the world at his beautiful feet. I imagine. And he just goes, nah, I want to dick about an apartment blocks in Japan because it's a laugh in it. And it's like, he's fucking amazing for it. That's why we love Ibushi. I imagine. That is why we love him. I imagine he was a nightmare when he was in the Cruiserweight class. Oh. Just WWE going, look, we like having fun, mate, but put stop the fireworks down. S- stop setting everyone on fire. He's the Mario Balotelli of yeah. professional yeah. wrestling. <laughs> Not just fireworks. But, you but, imagine he would go... If he was a millionaire, you imagine he would yeah. go to a petrol station and pay for everyone's food. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but that's honestly why we love him, though, because he is just crazy. And, 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 and to be fair, though, on, on a serious note, if his, if his ex can settle down into a steady job and have a steady career in the form of Kenny Omega, then maybe Ibushi can. We can, we can always hope for it. Yeah. Um, final question. Most important question about this match. What are our thoughts on Okada's trousers? Um... Lovely fringing, I thought. Lovely. Um, but, I mean, if Trent's, I'm sure Trent Seven had the same opinion as me. I don't like a boot fit. No, I agree. Um, it took me ages to work out what was written on his arse. And what it was written it, on it his was K-O-R-N, so Kashika Okada, Rainmaker. And it just took me ages, because I thought... Corn? Yeah, I was he like... He's misspelled Corn, his yeah. favourite new metal band. I thought, at first, because of the text, I thought it was like, you know, the old King of the Ring text. Yeah. And so I was like, what's, what's she doing here? Uh, personally, I thought they were cracking entrance trousers, and oh, I thought yeah, that he was going to rip them off yeah. in, a, in, a, in a sexy male stripper manner. Um, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> the third attempt of the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Straight to hard cam. Bam. <laughs> uh, yeah, not not for me. Uh, no, no? Um, no, I don't really like them. I think people have reacted a little, saying that they couldn't contract the match because of them. Like, chill out. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were straight from Elton John's wardrobe. Yeah, like Elton John slash Liberace's trousers. Yeah. Um, I like I like to think that he was he was going to take them off. But then saw how long Naito was taking to take his suit off, and he went, "Oh yeah, you little prick! All right, I'll keep these on." Saturday night Naito, yeah, <laughs> as I like to call him. I always call him Naito feet. Have we been through this? Yeah, Naito I think we fever. might have been. I, I would have loved means. it if he'd have come out to. Um, <laughs> yes, we have. If he'd come out to staying alive. Oh, oh that's the dream. Oh, would have been so good. Nice, just evil and recreate the bit of airplane where he throws the coat and it comes, gets thrown back at him. Oh, <laughs> fucking belly. Um. Some general questions now. Related a little bit to that one is from Victoria Burchett. It says, who had the best ring gear? Who had the best ring gear uh, during the course of the show? Best entrance gear has to be my hands down. That was cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, best ring gear. Mm. I mean, Cody and Brandy put the effort in. They did. I agree. Yeah. yeah they did. Uh, Although I did feel a little bit like... Cody's tights accentuated the codpiece area a little bit too yes, much. Yes, I can understand that. Yeah. I, I enjoyed William um, and his, his lovely yeah, purple nice. trunks. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, as a complete package, everything together, Hiroshi Tanahashi, you can't go wrong. He put his weave in, 
He did his hair proper. He had a, a nice jacket and a lovely See, pair. Of... My wife worries a lot about the condition of a lot of the guys' hair because mm. there's a lot of there's a lot of dye gone in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well you look at you look at Naito. He's got quite strawy. Nice, hair. very yeah. straw-like. I mean, but then Tanahashi, what? He only had a perm Lush, last week. Luscious. Tanahashi. That one. The bit with his with his perm, I was like, what. The did you just see? Did you not see the pictures going around of him and his a sexy dog? cauliflower, like him and his dog, oh, and like, the dog. they were saying that like they reckon he did it to match his dog. It's 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 weird that Tana. If you saw Tanahashi from the back, yeah. he could be a hairdresser from Liverpool. Oh yeah, <laughs> isn't it amazing that we are talking about this wrestling company that has built, built a legacy on? Guys that are hard as nails and being legitimately tough, and we are sat here talking about a man's hairpiece. But he has the hairdo of your like chavy enemies at school when you're yeah, year eight. He does. Little um, I, I always I mentioned it a bit earlier, but I like Toriano's ring gear. Yeah, just because of the the sexy Elvis schools on them. Um, I thought Rapongi 3K looked pretty rad. They look cool. Um, they look cool. Uh, very Kenny's good shiny stuff. Entrance was real good. Um, and uh, I also like. I like the fact that uh, Suzuki Gun all, all yeah. wear black. Like, I'm just a big fan of that. Always a shout out to Bushi as well. As Bushi's only in the Rumble, but he's, he's looking cracking. Um, Craig Palmer says, "What was our favourite move of the night?" I'll give you mine first. It was um, it was Takahashi doing his uh, sunset flip power bombs to everybody, oh, including yeah. putting Marty's head through. Again. Oh yeah, that was oh, <laughs> bless you, Marty. Um, uh, so that was that was mine. Um, what was your favourite move? Go on, Mel. Uh, I'm probably contradicting myself now, but crossroads. Crossroads off the apron. Yeah. Pretty bloody spectacular. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. I'm, I'm thinking crossroads. Usually it'd be Takashi doing insane. I mean, shout out Suzuki's dropkick was beautiful. Yeah. Shout out to Okada's rainmaker that won. Oh yeah, Four. on the main event. Four. He laid that in, shall we say? Um, and what's the name of Goto's finisher? I always like watching that. Um, uh, GTR? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Not the uh, Yuri Garoshi. I thought... Yeah. Who everyone loves calling on, on, on WWE. Yuri Garoshi. They love it. Like, <laughs> Michael calls me going nuts of it. It's wicked. Um, AJ says, uh, what elements of New Japan do we enjoy the most? It doesn't mean comparing it to other companies, but just in terms of anything in terms of the style or the presentation, etc., that, that, we, uh, that we particularly enjoy about it. I hmm, hmm. I like an isometric camera angle. Nice. I like it when you know we're in the corner instead of in. I love that. Yeah. It's a very Japanese do you, thing. Do you know what? Actually, I I really love it when they get the shots that are iconic. Mm. I I've I've spoke about it a lot, but one of my favourite memories. Is I actually enjoyed the shot more than the match. But it was when Prince Devitt challenged Okada, mm. and he Okada does the Rainmaker talk, and Devitt does the God yeah. on his chest, yeah. and Okada looks down at it. I was like, "Oh, that's boss!" And Shibata used to be a king as well for for bleeding and finding the the camera. But yeah, so I think it's the their presentation of like a moment that mm. that you go, "Ooh, that's going to look good in a highlight yeah. package." Anything from you, Mel? I think it's just probably. They're legitimate backgrounds, mm. like most of the roster. Like, yeah. You know, they are just hard men and they're going to bring it. That's not to say, like you say, you shouldn't compare it to other companies, but it just, just seems more real. It just must be really weird for Gaijin going over there and like 
like not that Will and Marty aren't like tough guys because yeah. they can take a kick in, but at the same time, you know, as far as I'm aware, neither of them are martial artists. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's it's someone like Zack Saber does have that sort of background, but it, it must be it must be quite a culture shock the first time you go there mm. and presumably getting a bit of a hiding. Yeah. You know, don't, don't piss anyone off. Yeah, definitely don't piss anyone off. Um, Mick Cooper says, who did we become a fan of during Wrestle Kingdom? Not someone we already loved, but more someone who won us over. Um, I'd say, I think I kind of brought this up before, I think Cody kind of did that for me a little bit because I appreciated him more than I did this time last year. Mm. Um, so he certainly was uh, was one for me. Um, just, I'm going to flick back through. Uh, and again, Rapongi 3K, I had not really seen much of. Um, oh, yeah, I those them, guys. definitely. Yeah. Um, in the interest of fairness, I won't go for them then. But <laughs> um, Chris Jericho, really? That up and coming youngster? Because <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. no, purely for the, the the thing of my expectations weren't low, but they were lower. Mm. And you, fantastic, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Both both him and Omega, but yeah, Jericho for me. And final question from Gerboen says, what main events Wrestle Kingdom 13? Pete Dunn versus the Great Muta. Be serious. What main events Wrestle Kingdom 13? Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Because it's that thing of like, you, 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 you kind of want to pick the match you want versus the match that you think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So the match I think is going to happen is Okada versus Naito. I do think that's going to be yep. the main event again. The match I kind of probably would like to see is Abushi versus Okada. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering whether they can stretch out Kenny Okada again for another year. I... I think the importance of Okada as the US champion to break into that market will mean they probably won't. Mm. But yeah, this is your, but this is your viewpoint, yeah, not Okada's mine. Okada's won. Yeah, yeah, the draw, and then Kenny beat him in the G One. Yeah, and they're probably going to face off in a G One at some point or a New Japan Cup. Probably. Hmm. I'm going to go with Penny O'Connor again. Okay. Um, so, G1 this year. Yes. Um, every single match in New Japan has a time limit, right? Yes. Yeah. 60 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, even the no disqualification match had a time yeah. limit on, which is a weird thing if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, the final of the G1 this year will be Naito and Ibushi which will go to a draw and we will have a three-way match for the first time in New Japan history very controversial in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom which will be Okada versus Ibushi versus Naito which Okada will win and retain because he's losing that title for another two years Mm. is this is this is this a insider knowledge mate it's not is is this Pip making Jinder Mahal champion level no Okay. I'm. 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 If that happens, I mean, fucking hell, buy me a biscuit. Right? <laughs> but, um, but that's. I think that they've seen that they can because they before it was we're never having gimmick matches on Wrestle Kingdom. Well, they have yeah. now. Yeah. So let's see. 
Yeah. Like, I could see that happening because it would be such a huge selling point because they've never done a multi-man main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. I think it could happen. Um, right, that's Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, we've managed to do it in two hours and 27 minutes. Of the nice. 27 minutes of that was us talking about AstroTurf. <laughs> so um, let's plug some things. Um, uh, Mal, do tell people where you are on Twitter and anything you would like to plug. Do now. Um, I am on Twitter at MelaniePrice01 and also Instagram with this exact same handle. Marvellous. Give me a follow, team. Good. Anything else you need to plug? Um, Do you need any money to buy AstroTurf? <laughs> <laughs> not, not laying a new garden at the moment. <laughs> no, I'm good, I'm good. Good. Um, Matthew Taylor Richards. Yes, hello. Um, I'm at M. Richards host on Twitter. Um, follow me on there. Uh, I, I am I'm available this year, actually. I'm going to try and branch out and do some more stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, he needs it, doesn't it? Um, Woman, does it pay cash? Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Screw fix. Give me a call. I could do a root good Yorkshire accent. Hello. Um, yeah, no, um, follow me on Twitter if you need someone to talk about stuff, uh, whether over wrestling matches, before wrestling matches, or about video games. Let me know. Also, um, big shout out uh, to, to Progress on Demand. Because I realised that the Bruiser Brody documentary from High Spots is on it. So I got to watch that yes, yesterday. Um, so go and check out all the content on there. Yeah. Because it's not just progress. Um, uh, I am, as always, at Jim Smallman on Twitter, on Instagram, Jim Smallman Comedian on Facebook, um, and uh, jimsmallman.com slash TNJ to point people at this podcast. Uh, progresswrestling.com for tickets and merch for progress demand-progress.com for all of our shows uh, and loads of other shows from other cool companies like loads of companies in Australia and places mm-hmm. like that and, uh, and and loads of cool companies in America who, who we sort of share content with so go and check all that stuff out uh, we've got a show on Sunday in Birmingham sold out you can't come Soz. unless you are coming then see you there um, and um yeah, obviously check out everything on the Distraction Pieces Network because it's all gravy, as I believe the children say. Um, do children talk about gravy? I don't know. No, it's Christine Millian and Romeo Dunn, but, Big pop. Niche references, guys. Um, anyway, say bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Before Shopify, were you wondering where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.